When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone, it's episode 9 of FPL Black Box, we're nearly at double digits mark. 9 episodes, it's nine episodes. By, isn't it? Hasn't it just, I know. Doesn't time fly when you're having a mediocre season? <laughs> mediocre? That's a, well, <laughs> it's a bit complimentary over what's going on. Uh, yeah. But yeah, welcome everyone. Um, hit the sub button if you haven't already, we're, we're still going early. Again. We're still going yeah. early, it worked quite well last week. Uh, so yeah, if you are watching this on a podcast or on YouTube, Please subscribe and like the video. Be very helpful. Uh, yeah, welcome. It's been another awful game week. Uh, we've got loads to talk about. We've got plenty to discuss. Um, but you are listening to two sub two million ranked managers. So take you a pinch of salt. I thought. Yeah, I thought when I got the green arrows, you know, we got we got into the two million or the giddy heights. I thought oh, it's only the only way is up from here. And then this game week came out of nowhere, didn't it? I thought, you know, with Kane and Son. I mean, every week our teams look all right on paper. Um, if only the season was played out on paper. But yeah. they're not, are they? So I know. I mean, I looked, I looked at my team and I thought, OK, I might have a, a, a bit of a problem with two Chelsea players. But in general, I was pretty happy. And like we're going to see in a minute, God, I mean, our scores, I can't remember worse game weeks. Well, I mean, the only... The only really conversation is lots of managers did badly as well. So we were, we were kind of all in it together on Twitter at the weekend. There were some, you know, some big scores as well. Uh, Mr. Freeman uh, got 70 points. Yeah. I, I saw today. Um, he had a great game. He having a great season. But, you know, there, there weren't many like that. Most managers, um, I see that Lee might be in the chat there. I know FBL fam, Lee from FBL family had a bad game week. And he's unfortunately going to be on the official FBL show. <laughs> That's always the way of the curse. I know, I know. But, you know, there was a lot of it about. So, you know, we can take comfort in that. Here's your team. As, oh, uh, God. The, yeah, yeah you've got just... to look. I noticed on the Scoutcast that you had a mask on and you didn't really want to take that off, did you? Well, no, that was the face idea. Your team. That was the idea. Hide my face. Um, couldn't even bear to look at them, to be honest. Yeah, it's a mini disaster. I mean, you know, like I said yesterday, one one player gets over two points. Uh, or, well, sorry, and Martinez. So one player gets over three points, and he's the highest owned player in the game, or second highest to to Cavaloo. So, yeah, didn't didn't help me at all. Um, I mean, you know, Lamptey and and Mope home fixture against West Brom. Thought there's points there. Lamptey puts that ball across own goal. I think, oh, it's a nice little assist right there. And then it gets uh, 
chalked off because it smacked someone in the face. I, I'm <laughs> surprised I had to break that to you. Um, you you didn't take that particularly well on WhatsApp. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, do you know what? I actually I actually stepped out of because I was watching it in my study. Stepped out of my study to get a drink. Heard Lamptey whips it in and it's a you know and it's a goal and I was like, you oh, already banked the points. All, already they were already in, in my mind. So yeah, it was a. Uh, very disappointing. Um, oh, I'm getting it. I'm just getting my beard. Oh, here come the supplies. Yeah. The, the beer supplies. Here. Oh, Look yeah. at that. Look at that. Thank amazing. You so much. I know. Oh, Thank you. Look at that. What <laughs> kind of service is that? Pro professionalism. Professionalism to a new level. <laughs> uh, well, you couldn't do a, you couldn't do a uh, black box without a beer, could you? Absolutely not. not. No, and we, we were. No, I mean the, the thing is, I did say because I mean I think you were. How many points were behind me going into Monday night? You had you had the you had four players to my no. You had three players. You had Lamptey, you had yeah. Mope, and you had Sun, and yeah. I had Sun and Kane. Yeah. So I was confident. Had, yeah, I thought you'd be ahead of me. I was honestly, I was confident. I was thinking, you know, Mope and and Lamptey to Kane. I thought it, it could go two ways. Either Burnley could fall apart, like we have seen them do a little bit this season, more than usual, or they put in a really good. Um, a performance like they did and Kane would have to drop a bit deeper and wouldn't be the same kind of attacking force we might have seen and it went that way he got the assist but I can live with that but yeah I mean to get to get three points from two players at home to West Brom is, is was really disappointing so yeah it's just a really disappointing I mean I just don't think that Semedo you know loses the clean sheet know, and the say stoners yeah well you know I mean I saw you say I, said, I couldn't believe Saez went off um, which is interesting. It's put the cat amongst the pigeons with Kilman, isn't it? Whether or not Saez is going to lose his place, his Kilman is mm. not. But the upshot of it was that you didn't get the clean sheet and Saez owners did. Um, and again, you didn't take that very well either. It's a good job that people can't see this WhatsApp <laughs> channel. We're in. Um, yeah, there was a lot of angst in there. And I, you know, it was just another you know, a nail in the coffin of the game week, really. It was it? just, it was just like, it just being repeatedly like hit on the head. Like, you know, the United Chelsea game, I thought this game could go two ways. It could be two managers who don't want to lose, or it could be a really exciting attacking game where both teams go for it. And of course it was the latter and it was one of the mm. most boring matches of football I've ever watched in my life. So, you know, and then, I mean, you know, first game of the week, Villa losing 3-0 to Leeds and we've got, I've got two Aston Villa players. It's like, you just know, sometimes you just know when it's going to be a, a bad one. So, yeah, anyway, I've got two free transfers. Water under the bridge you now. Can, you can put it right. We'll get to those later on in the show. Um, you made, you, you've asked for a new lessons learned, though. I have, you? yeah. So I'm going to bring the lessons learned up, and your new one is at the bottom there, which is show caution when investing in teams in transition. And I, who are you referring to there? <laughs> well, you know, it can go both ways, because, I mean, you had Everton as well, who, who were also a kind of a team in transition. But I think we'd already seen the early signs of, of Ancelotti getting the kind of most out of them. And it, it really did seem to me that they they targeted, well, not just to me, it's pretty obvious, they'd seen the areas which they were weak and they'd strengthened. So to me, that wasn't, Everton wasn't so much of a transition, but much more of a, much more of a strengthening. And Chelsea yeah. obviously have strengthened. They've brought in quality players. But I was looking today, I, I mean, I, I, meant, I saw the heat map of Pulisic and, and Werner and it's, incredible how similar their, their positions were in the same match like you know they're almost kind of on top of each other by the look of the heat map obviously Werner's drifting left which means Pulisic is going more central um but then you look at Ziyech as well and you look at Werner and their heat map before they signed for Chelsea and they're almost identical too so I don't know how they're gonna how Lampard is gonna fit all these players in and I think I took it as a given that he'd be able to and it would happen mm. really quickly and it looks like it's taken Ziyech a bit of time to adjust hasn't been too impressive in his okay they've only been sub appearances um apparently had a, a better game tonight yeah but 
I think I've been I've been kind of blindly thinking all this time, you know, it's going to click, it's going to click, it's going to click. And I'm now starting to think, actually, I think it's going to take some time for, for things to, to gel. So I think this is probably a realisation everyone had about five weeks ago. And it's taken me this long to, to get to it. But like we said, I want to learn from it. And I want to kind of think, if this happens again, probably not invest in two Chelsea players rather than a start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to be fair, I went Pulisic and Werner mm. from the start as well. So I was kind of seduced by the talent that he'd signed and really did just presume that that talent would. I mean, it, it's funny because Ancelotti actually said famously pre-season, football's a simple game, good players learn how to play. Mm. And, you know, because when he was questioned about Hamels Rodriguez needing time to settle in. And, they, and if you looked at any new sign-in, this season, you'd think James Rodriguez would be the one that would take time because the physicality yeah. of the league and we have doubts about his, you know, his, his fitness and his ability to withstand that. But his talent just played through it, right? And and when Anshotti was asked about it, he was like, of course, he's a good player. But then you look at Werner and Ziyech and Pulisic together in a team, they're all good players, but clearly there is more to it. It's not a simple mm. game because when, you've, when you're throwing all those players together a system's got to develop with those players in it and it's not there yet is it although they won 4-0 tonight so no and and it's it's, it's making me question whether Lampard can can do it I, I I I mean he hasn't got the experience of someone like Ancelotti to know how to get these kind of talented players performing True. and he's done well with with you know his his youngsters and the academy players he's now come out and publicly said we're not an academy team we're never we're never an academy team we only did that because we kind of had to so now he's he's kind of put pressure on himself to really get the most out of them um and yeah I mean I want him I, I don't particularly like Chelsea but I would like to see Lampard do well but I haven't seen anything that's impressed me I mean I was really disappointed with him in that in that United game I know I know he didn't want to lose it and I think it was quite important that they you know get got the clean sheet but there was just nothing there was just no intent from any of them to to kind of they both looked like that they, didn't, yeah. they both looked like they didn't want to lose the game and didn't want to commit too much um and that is obviously a symptom of you know, United's heavy defeat to Spurs, I guess, and Chelsea's continual problems keeping clean sheets. And that's the way it played out. I mean, it's, it's strange. I mean, like a couple of weeks ago, you'd have thought they'd have goals all over that match mm. because of the number of goals going in. But as we'll see tonight, the last game week, game week six, it, it slowed down. Um, we'll look at it in more detail. But let's look at my team. We're going to have to look at my team. I don't really want to. <laughs> 35 points for me, so I beat you by three points. So McCarthy clean sheet in goal. So Hampton... Oh, I slayed him last bit. week. They're doing all right. So yeah. doing all right. again, you know, they they got hammered at home to Spurs, and since then, three clean sheets. Um, it's been yep. decent. Alexander Arnold and Robertson, who we may touch on again. I've got a feeling later on the show. Dina, who got sent off. We've got different opinions about that. Um, we do, yeah. Interestingly, it got reduced to one match. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, did you see that? And that is because Everton. Your influence. Not... Well, no, I didn't get <laughs> Everton. Everton didn't appeal. The suspension they appealed the punishment and so therefore right. it couldn't get wiped out totally but it did get reduced which is like a weird system it's like saying well you know, he either deserved to be sent off or he didn't but they didn't appeal that because they thought if we appeal that we're going to lose so we're better off appealing to, for the punishment because we've got more chance of winning and they did win it and it's gone down to one match but so if, if walker peters setup, if walker peters had been out for three months because he because of that tackle, would they still have reduced? The, would they still have reduced it? Well, first thing, it's not a tackle, was it? Well, no, it was a, whatever it was, diff, different they, opinions. They, but presumably, they would have reduced it. I don't, and this is what I don't understand: what they what they by reducing it, what they what are they saying? Well, how did that meeting go today? Yeah, uh, you know, I did, it's, 
I don't get it really. Uh, presumably they went, well, you know, he didn't really mean that, did he? So let's not give him a, let's not say it was um, serious foul play. Let's let's say it was what? What was it then? Um, I don't know. Well, I, mean, so I, I, ma- I, I, I can't understand a, it. No, a one match ban is denying a goal scoring opportunity. Certainly not that. Um, so I don't really get it. I, and it's because Everton didn't appeal the, decision, the mm. suspension. They only appealed the, the length of it. So anyway, he's out for one game, which gives me a problem now because when he was out for three games, he was immediately going to be mm. ejected from a team. Now it's like, oh, it's a bit more difficult. Anyway, we'll get on to that later. Elsewhere midfield, oh, look at this. Podence three. Oh, what a success he's been. <laughs> Greenish one. Nearly scored the goal of the season, though, didn't he? One cleared off the line. Well, two cleared off the line, kind of. Yeah. So can't be harsh on Grealish. Jack is doing everything he can to lift my season. Salah, Cats and Seif, same as yourself, which, you know, when we look at the data in a bit, it, we'll see that wasn't a bad decision. It's not a bad decision. Logically, it's the right call, I think. Sun, 11 points, just superb consistent isn't he yeah Suchek two points surely the goal's going to come soon <laughs> you're going to be saying that till game week 38 <laughs> game week 30, yeah it's like game week 37 it's going to come soon you know? <laughs> that's unbelievable uh and then harry with the assist of course did he get the assist yes he did get the assist he just wanted to check that um and calvert-lewin with the with the one point the first game calvert-lewin hasn't scored in um and it's funny isn't it how this season changes quickly because you know if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago about Calvert-Lewin, everyone needed him. Now he goes one game without scoring and suddenly I'm going, mm. yeah. you know, it's so fickle. Yeah, and, it is. But like, I mean, we said this a few weeks ago, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to score every match to get his, his value. He's still a seven point, what, was he 7.8 or something like that now? Maybe he's even, mm. he even hit those heights. He's 7.7, yeah. So mm. if, you've got a, if you've got a goal and some bonus every other game from him, you'd still be pretty happy with that, I think, for that. My concern, though, is that Rodriguez has still got fitness issues. Dina's out. Coleman's out. Charleston's out. Yeah. Everton did not look good at Southampton at all. Um, and did Calvert-Lewin even get a sniff of a guy? I haven't looked at the data no, of Calvert-Lewin. No, no, Right. So that's the problem, right? He's not a, he's not a player who's going to get goals on his own. He's not going to you know beat two defenders and knock one in from 25 yards. He, he needs surface. He needs cross balls. And mm-hmm. Coleman and Dina, Richarlison and Rodriguez are the source of his creativity. Yeah, yeah. If three, or, three of the four are out or even four of them are out, yeah, I can't see him getting much You know, while that continues. So we need Everton to get back to full strength, clearly. Mm. Uh, on the bench, look at this. Alien, six points. Yeah, same. same. Uh, Brewster, one, which will be his familiar score, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Reese James, who's been a problem to me all season. Um, eight points. Every time he plays, he delivers. But You've got to get rid of him. him. You've got to get rid of him. It's, yeah, it's... But the, the thing is, I look at my defence and go, you probably say, well, you've got to get rid of Alexander-Arnold and you might as well get rid of Dina and you might as well get rid of... It's like three of my defence. I feel a late night rid. drunken wildcard stream coming on. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, James, though, James is exactly the kind of player who I hate to have. Every week, you're frantically checking the team sheet to see if he's going to play. And if you start him and he's not playing, it happens to you like it did the other week. You've got the always got you're then waiting the whole ninety minutes for his two minute cameo right at the end of the game to get you one point and block off whoever you've got on the bench. I, I just I know he I know he might start. I'm, he is a good option when he starts, but I just couldn't be dealing with that. He didn't start tonight and he didn't come on. Um so that would suggest that he's got a good chance of starting. <laughs> you're reading that you're reading it that way, are you? Well, I'm choosing James to. Bias. I'm choosing to. I mean, it, if 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 tonight's match and him not starting does anything, it sways you 
towards mm. him playing at Burnley, I would say, right? But you, who knows? I think when, when Thiago Silva's out, they need Azpilicueta to play because they need yeah. that leadership leadership at the back. Mm. With Silva in, I, I can see them being a bit more adventurous with the with the full-backs. So I think he mm. will play more if, if Thiago's there. But mm. I still... I still wouldn't. I know. Do. Look, you know, I, I, I admit I've got to get rid. But I look at my defence, <laughs> and there's. I would say one of the Liverpool defenders has to go first, mm. and Dina possibly is is hanging by a thread. I mean, had he got the three matches, he'd have gone probably yeah. this week. Yeah, but yeah. as it is, I mean, we'll come to my transfers later. You know, I've got. They're not major problems. They're not fires, but they're things I've got to address. I would say. I mean, Podence arguably is probably needs to go before that. Um, but anyway, let's let's look at the great and the good because it's uh, despite having bad game weeks, we still stay you know above some great managers. Sums it, how we're not rock bottom of that? Is I know a miracle. <laughs> but that's because you know, apart from Tom Freeman and Magnus Carlsen, um, a lot of these guys are having similar seasons. It's a struggle. <laughs> two green, um, two green arrows in the whole league this week. Yeah. Yeah, so only two managers from Greyheads, Great and the Good League, going up in rank this week. And you actually fell by the most, 85, 856. Yeah, thanks for Sorry that. about that. That's, yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. All the good work of my wildcard undone immediately. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a very, very difficult season. So, you know, how do you deal with it? I think, I mean, it's interesting. I, I think that I'm enjoying making content and being part of the community more than I am playing the game this mm. season. Um, so in many ways, doing this and being on Twitter is actually saving my kind of my kind of well-being in a way. It's kind of mm. I'm getting positives from that that's keeping me going. Right? I think if I didn't, if I wasn't doing this, and I wasn't in the community seeing other managers struggle and and you know and, and sharing stories and cracking jokes and stuff with other managers. I think I'd be in a worse state than I am. Mm. Um, as it is, I think I'm treating it as well. You know, it's a strange old season. A lot of people are going through this. I'm not going to change the way I play. I'm going to stay doing what I do. Uh, I'm going to stay caring about it, but I'm I'm going to, you know, carry on doing this show and hopefully this show gradually will we'll get a break now and again and we'll have a decent game week and it'll pep us up. But I mean, how are you feeling? Got to one day, right? Got to one day. Yeah. How are you feeling with it? How are you coping at the moment? Yeah, I mean, we we talk about it on, on the Scoutcast yesterday. Um, I, I'm feeling kind of funny because I mean, last last two seasons I've been around this rank at, at this stage. It's a common theme at the moment, starting starting poorly. Um, but I've been a lot more stressed previously than I am this year, and I think this year I'm I'm kind of just enjoying the game in general, as in the game of football more because of mm. all the, the craziness that's going on with it. I'm kind of seeing this year as a bit of a kind of I'm not going to beat myself up too much over what happens because everything's in such a state anyway, kind of lucky to have any football going on at all. And mm. you know, what's actually what we're actually seeing is, is is such a strange sort of set of circumstances. So I'm, I am looking at it through that lens of this is a different season. So, you know, if I do well, then it kind of feels like a bonus. And if I don't do so well, then well, I've got an excuse, <laughs> but not, you know, I still, it's still, I still want to do well. I'm still, I'm still doing the research. I'm still reading. I'm still watching lots of games. So nothing's changing in that regard. I just don't have that feeling in the pit of my stomach when I'm doing badly that, you know, this is kind of the worst thing that's that's going on. So Exactly that. I mean, I, I, I tend to feel bad at the weekends when you see other people getting big scores mm. and stuff and, and, you know, people's captains doing well. And it's not so much this week, but weeks where I'm doing badly and I see some of that, it does get to you. Right? There's no doubt about it. And you've got to shield yourself from that. 
But come Monday, Tuesday, I'm normally coming out of that and looking forward to the next week. I mean, I do that thing. I was, you know, I was interviewed by the three amigos and I say what I like to do immediately the deadline passes, I'm picking my team for the next week. Yeah, I'm yeah. already thinking of that. And in a way that can really help because you start, you start going, well, I can't control what's about to happen yeah. in the next, you know, next couple of days. But what I can control is what I'm going to do next. And you start looking at that rather than dwelling on what you may have done or may not have done. And I think that helps. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've played the game a long time, but if someone said to me, give me some tips for keeping yourself at a level, it's difficult, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's interesting as well seeing seeing other people, you know, like like Late Riser and, and Joe and people like that who are also having difficult seasons. Um, you know, it's it's kind of, there, there feels like a kind of a solidarity mm. around that because I think, you know, previously you can, you can feel a bit secluded when you're doing badly and everyone around mm. you is doing really well, but... You know, as long as you don't get like two million ahead of me <laughs> suddenly, uh, then, you know, I kind of feel like we're, you know, we're going to kind of get out of it together at some point, which is the aim. But we'll, we'll see if it happens. Uh, I mean, it might be different if you were ranked sort of 20,000 in the world and I was ranked three million. I think I probably yeah, would be. I mean, I would be beating myself up a bit more, but. I think that's it. And, and the purpose of this show is also, and this season is to spot some things that we do. Well, exactly. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a. Five year, five year project. This, you know, yep. it's not like one season. We didn't well, this promise. Is what we said. This is what we said right at the start. We said if we if we have bad seasons, we've got good content. Yes, but we also so... said I'd want to finish in the top one thousand. I'm, I'm really <laughs> regretting that. We now. don't mention. We don't need to mention. Well, that you know, I did say it. I can't. Oh, yeah, I can't ignore that. But so yeah, I've got to deal with that, haven't I? But yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Um, and interesting as well. I noticed that on who got the assist this week, and also in the scout cast. Um, you looked at the what if machine mm, at um, gamechange.co.uk. Well, you said you didn't mention for some reason what you got. <laughs> and 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 that the other guys did on the scout card and so i um had a look as and um, oh, thanks Mark. i had a look at myself so first of all i put my team in and so had i um had i not made any transfers so far uh, and had Salah captain all season i'd have been seven points better off than i am now so effectively i could have not made any transfers and be better higher ranked than i am now if i'd have just left Salah as my captain um, I am 2.5 million better off, but it's not it's not team value that counts. It's points. So then I put in your ID, um, thinking that, well, surely Az is doing better than that. No, no, not at all. Nine points better off you'd have been if you'd made no transfers. If I'd not done black box, if I'd just set up my team, forgotten about it for six <laughs> weeks, I would be, was it, not, was it nine points? And the thing is, Joe was on the scout cast last night, feeling sorry for himself a bit, saying he was only 13 points better off. And you kept quiet. You could have said, actually, I'm nine points worse off. But you just kept it to yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah. And there you are ruining my... Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I did see today. Did you see yeah. the person who, if he'd left his team as it was, he'd have been 100 points better off and 28th no. in the world? His dead Not team... You're his, not serious. His dead team would have been 28th in the world and his changes have cost him 100 points, over 100 what you, points. What, what do you make of that? I mean, do, do you, <laughs> is there something in the fact that we do you know, overmanage? And I mean, it's a bit of a theme this week, isn't it? I mean, do, do you think that actually sometimes we can do more harm than good? And actually some weeks, we, like this week, I'm thinking of not making a transfer. And maybe it's a reaction to this. I'm like, oh, maybe I better leave it alone. Do you ever think that that maybe I could go on holiday for a fortnight and come back and I'd be better off? I well, I, I can I can tell you for a fact that last minute transfers have cost me points over the years, lots and lots of points. I mean, you saw it in my my team on on the first black box I was going to go with. I changed last minute. Exactly the same thing happened the year before. 
I've made last minute transfers where I've regretted it as soon as I've pressed the button. Like I've got two minutes before the deadline and I've just gone, oh, let's just do it. And then you do it and you're like, oh no, why have I done that? Like that, that I think that kind of decision is 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 dangerous. But I still think if you're if you're doing research and you're finding picks and that it is eventually going to win out. Because I mean, you know, I, I've I've played in mini leagues with friends who don't do any don't do any transfers. They they watch a lot of football, but they they don't really know the underlying stats of players, and you know they they're bringing a player because he scored points the week before, not because he he his stats are good or whatever. And you know, apart from maybe once or twice, you know, comfort, comfortably beat sort of seven or eight of them every year. Um, actually, a lot of them doing a lot better now. Shout out to Phil, who will be listening to this. So is did he have Bamford? He's taking it easy. No, he didn't have Bamford, but he is absolutely thrashing me this year. So I need to, I do need to step up a bit. But you know, I think you know that that's the kind of I think we're we're comparing ourselves to. Um, to, to to kind of each other, and, and you see the scores on Twitter, and I think the people on Twitter tend to do better because they're involved and they do the research and they're invested and they talk to people and they listen to podcasts and things. I think if you just went to doing thirty minutes on a Friday night, I think I think you you wouldn't. I don't think you'd do as well. Well, I hope like not. Otherwise, that, what's I the mean, point? What's the point no, of all this? And, and the thing <laughs> I, I think you know the research and unearthing somebody who hits form, you know, getting in there early and stuff. That's the joy of playing the game for me, right? You know, I think that. Absolutely. You you know that that it isn't just picking the team before deadline and that's it. It's about the week leading up to and and it's not that for everybody. It's not that for many, right? It's it's there's the minority who I mean the people that are watching now, the people that are listening to this know what I'm talking about. But that's part of the magic of FBL, right? So I don't want to stop doing that, but I do also get this idea that actually maybe taking a break, if that's what's right for you mm. and just spending 10 minutes picking your team, that if that's what's right for you, that that could work for you. And this data says that it would, you know, or could. So, you know, it, each to their own, I think. But for me, I don't want to lose that part of how I play FBL because it is a crucial part. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I mean, nor do I. I mean, I like, I like looking at my team and having a kind of a bit of a buzz around certain mm. players. So like I'm looking at my team now and I'm thinking Grealish. I'm, I'm, I think he's gonna he's gonna go off soon, and and, yeah, but... and it's exciting. And, and Pulisic as well. Not many people have got Pulisic. I'm, I've got him. I'm thinking you know when he gets a goal or two against Burnley, that's gonna feel really good. So I'm always looking at kind of the the optimism um, of of going, and, that, and that's why I play. That's why I play the whole game just to just to but enjoy is this those part kind of, things. of the problem. I kind of exactly the same. Look, I build scenarios. I look at my team and I imagine things that that can mm. happen and how. It, and maybe that's it. Maybe we just build ourselves up. And then when it gets to the weekend, you have that feeling of it's all knocked down from underneath you. And if actually, if we didn't spend that time building those scenarios in our head, maybe we... Look at you know, look at this comment in the chat, Mark. On, I don't think it's on. nice you laughing. Surely the fun part of Series FPL is the journey to the rank, not the rank itself. Yeah, How lovely uh, is that? Exactly. Yeah, uh, beautifully put. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, I don't think it's nice you're like, we're not laughing. We're, we're laughing. We're, no, that's we're his just, name. No, that's oh, right. his, no, sorry, that's his name. Oh, right. that's... <laughs> I thought you were talking to us. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's exactly that, isn't it? It's, um, for me, that's how I want to play the game. But I certainly, this data suggests that sometimes it's more effective to take hands off the wheel sometimes. Um, that guy, certainly, 28th in the world. Astonishing. Let's look at the top 10K. Uh, you like looking at these guys, don't you, what they're up to. Um, some new entries in their top 10K template. If you want to read that out, Martinez and Ryan, you want to read from there? Yes. I do. Hang on, let me just find... Oh, no, you've got it on the screen for me. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... So not not a huge amount of change in the top ten k. We've seen this has been massively in flux the, the first few weeks of the season because obviously mm. as a player hits form, that team goes into the top ten k and then the whole thing changes. But 
only two real changes um, this week, which is Martinez um, in for McCarthy. Which we thought was going to happen. Which we thought, yeah, which we predicted was, was going to happen. Um, and who was the other one, sorry? Uh, it was Dina. Dina came Dean. In, into yeah. the defence. Yeah, which is, which is strange. Bad timing of the top 10 game. So, yeah, but he's only got 17.7% ownership. Um, I mean, the figures that jump out there is Kane's effective ownership, 139.5%. Astonishing. As and a non-owner, it's... As a Are you worried about this? Well, um, I've got plans to get him in now. Um, they're reluctant plans because mm. I wasn't that impressed with him against Burnley. Uh I think well, I thought Burnley Burnley were fantastic in that game. You know the the amount of blocks they put in and 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 they created chances as well. They they looked they looked really good. And when that happens, Kane obviously adopts a role which is much more like we've seen in the past few seasons, mm-hmm. where he's asked to drop deeper, he's asked to create. He looks like De Bruyne at times, where like he he gets the ball in midfield. You see the runners go off him. He passes the ball out to them, and then he doesn't. He, it's not like he's bursting to get into the box. He's happy to stay back and you know get the ball back if he can and, and carry on the move. So I, I still I still don't think long term I want to pay eleven for him. I think there's better options. I think Fernandez is a better option. I think the the City Sterling and De Bruyne are better. Um, I think having Son, especially with the run Spurs have got as well. I mean they've got some really really tough games coming. So I do think the Spurs and Kane double up is is overkill for that. But I want to move Werner out and I'm looking at who I can get. Around, you know, there's strikers have just completely dried up. Like, there's no one that I really want anymore. From, but I mean, this is what I mean about the fickle nature of this season. Because a few weeks back, we were going, we were on the official show going, Oh, there's no end of strikers at all price ranges. I know. And now you're sitting here saying that you can't find a striker for yourself. Is that, I don't know if you're looking hard enough, maybe. Is it just, well, look at, look at strikers from um, up from nine million. And who is that? I mean, Aguero's, Aguero's now injured. Um, you know, You've got, you've got like Lacazette, you've got Vardy. No, there's nobody up for nine million. You've no. got Kane. Uh, you know, you look down from that, and then you're looking at someone like Wilson, who I think is good, or Bamford. And they're mm. all fine options, but realistically, it feels like if I'm moving, if I've got money to get Kane, it does feel like I'm kind of trying a bit too hard to kind of look look different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think just for the next two, I mean, Brighton at home and then West Brom away. I mean, the yeah, fixtures are so it. good. It's, I mean, it's like really hard. The Burnley to... game. We're going to see him play games like that, but the Burn- Burnley impressed me as well. I mean, we did suspect that Burnley weren't going to be as secure as they've been in previous mm. seasons, but actually what I saw in that Spurs game made me realise that they've still got that steel in the team, that they're going to keep clean sheets at home. They were unfortunate, like you say. Um, interesting, going back to the top 10K here, uh, 54 managers in a top 10K took a 12-point hit. Yeah. Crazy. I've never taken a 12-point hit, I don't think. No, I know. It's a lot, um, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, eight point hits, one hundred ninety-seven. So a lot of hits being spent. Yeah, yeah. Majority of people kind of happy to to just you know take a, a one transfer or or bank it. But yeah, I mean, it is it does it is a lot of hits, isn't it? I think people are. I'd like to see the stats over hits this season because it it feels to me with so much kind of crazy going on all over the place. I would have thought this season would see more hits, but I mean, you look at the great and the good league. Apart from. I think apart from me, apart from me. <laughs> there's not that many sort of being taken, and yeah, if we, and like if you we said, back. yeah, and like you said, the patient. It might be that the patient approach is 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 the way to go because yeah. if you're taking so hits, you're, you can get burnt. You spent eight points. I spent sixteen, and that's the most in the league. I mean, you know, Joe and Matthew have also spent eight, as is FBL general. So there's there's hits about, but. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty surprising to find that much in the top 10K. Let's look at um, their transfer habits as well. Um, these are transfers out, transfers in. Rodriguez, 
um, yeah, transferred out ahead of that Southampton game because of the the injury concerns, I guess. Yep. And Gre- Grealish and Zaha are coming in. You can't really argue with that. Um, Van Dijk obviously being transferred out. Mings, Robertson, Chilwell being the most popular players in the top 10K. I mm. mean, what do you think of that? I mean, they're fair enough as well, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, Grealish being the most transferred in player in the top 10K, I think this 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 week is interesting. Mm. Um, Calvert-Lewin's still there, so still being bought sort of in droves by by people. And Kilman as well. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him because I think this is this week is, is probably quite a big week. I mean, does, does Sace keep his place at left wing back? Kind of, that he does... He, He's not a left wing back. It's... No, it doesn't seem natural, does it? And I think the Wolves are not functioning. And one of the reasons could be because they haven't got a wing back. They've yeah. got a centre back playing wing back. It's so key to how they play those two wing backs. Hmm. Uh, isn't just just doesn't look. I haven't seen him look good enough in in that hmm. role. I mean, you compare him to what uh, Doherty brought to the team, and you know he was just so so attacking like he you know he spent so much time kind of in the penalty area and, and you look at Semedo and he, he looks much more reserved he's much happier to kind of sit back and you know they, they get a break and he's not pushing on past to kind of make some space for people he, he's dropping deeper so obviously I think that's a tactical thing that Nuno is saying because he wants them to be more kind of possession based um, but I think it, it's harming them because the way they play with those two is, is kind of has been has been so important so I, I mean Sace I think Sace is, is a really good player, but I can't see him staying at left wing back because I think they need to start getting more out of those two, two wing backs. Yeah, it's interesting because Spurs aren't particularly happy with Doherty, from what I can gather. He's not, you know, he's not, de- he's not showing up as a, a defender. He's not getting forward as much. It'd and be a Wolves perfect signing for Wolves. I know, I know they might as well go back. They might as well go learn. <laughs> know. You know, it's, we've looked at it. We've did it a while, but it's not now. Yeah, let's just go back to the way it was because um, it would suit everyone concerned. It seems yeah. so. Yeah, it's a strange one. Wolves getting rid of both their wing backs when you think they're most—they're really integral to the way they set up. Um, well, he didn't get rid of Johnny. Johnny's injured, isn't he? Yeah, of course, I guess so. But it's still a blow to get rid of Doherty when that Doherty transfer happened. Yeah. But they sold Vanagra as well, and Vanagra you think yeah. would be the replacement for Johnny, and yet rather than play Vanagra, they rather have Saez playing there and sell Vanagra on. I mean, that decision just baffled me a bit as well. Because, I mean, I know uh-huh. Vanagra wasn't a great defender, but he offered more going forward than Saez does. But... I was, I was, I was, I mean, we both started with him, didn't we? Did yeah. You, did you stop? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah. I was I was convinced that he was going to kind of make yeah. that left wing back spot, spot his own. Tom Freeman still got him. Wow, that's commitment. <laughs> that's good no, to a player who's now on loan. He's absolutely, he's absolutely, you know, he's had other things to do, and it's it's to work well for him. But you know, it's yeah, the Wolves are a strange side this year. I but Jimenez, I, I mean, Jimenez keeps keeps plundering the goals, isn't he? I mean, he's he's doing exactly what he's done all the all the seasons. Not hitting huge holes, but he's getting eight nine points. But you know, to watch Wolves regularly. play, what, yeah, to I watch know. Wolves play, it's you can see the struggle. You know, you don't watch Wolves play and think. A goal's coming. You think, where where is it going to come from? You, you, yeah. you they just don't seem to have creative. They're not playing in a way that we are, that, that we've accustomed them to play since they've come up to. The and point. you look at the fixtures they've had as well. I mean, everyone thought you know this run of games was was going to see you know mm. them them scoring loads, and yeah, it hasn't hasn't transpired that at all. I mean, him and it just isn't. I know he's ticking over, but he's not a player who particularly worries me at the moment. Well, he's an easy sell, isn't he? For those who have got him, they've got goals out of him, but then, you know... You keep him for Palace, I, I, don't you? I, I sold, yeah. Get rid. Yeah, yeah. Um, OK, so let's look at the goal averages because 
this week we had 19 goals. Yeah, you called a this. A few weeks back. Credit well, where it's due. It couldn't continue, could it? We looked at the conversion rates and it couldn't continue. So basically, this is the lower... Game week six was the fewest amount of goals we've had all season. We had 23 in game week one, but obviously we only had eight games in that game week. And interestingly, you look at the data here, um, in terms of chances from open play created, 164 in game week six, which is the second highest of the season so far. So <laughs> we didn't have fewer goals because there were fewer chances. But if you look across the data um, to big chances, that has dropped. So we had 24 big chances in game week six, the fewest of the season so far. Even when we had 27 in game week one, which, as I said, only had eight games. Uh, and also the Ooh, conversion... there's one stat. Yeah, I was going to... The conversion, conversion rate stat. dropped. Yeah, wow. 11%. Uh, and if you look at last season, the conversion rate average per game week was 15... Well, over the season was 15%. So it's, it dropped below that. Having been in game weeks two and game week four, which we mentioned previously, they were the most extreme game weeks in the history of expected goals, I think, Opta said. Um, 25% conversion rate in that in those weeks, and it's down to 11 in game week six. And yeah. goalkeepers made more safe. So the data's just all over the place. A bit like the season, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's just all over the shop. I mean, lower um, conversion rates, higher save. I mean, that save percentage as well, game week six. So that's the second week in a row that the saves have been over 70%. The save percentage yeah. has been over 70%. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that could potentially indicate a, a trend moving towards lower conversion because of, of more saves. But I, I don't know what the reason for that would be. No, I mean, this is what we don't... <laughs> All, we, all we're seeing is this extreme swing in data. And we've had 28 clean sheets. And at this stage last season, we had 29. And don't forget, we've had two fewer mm. games. So actually, the clean sheet count is still on more or less on par with last season. Um, so maybe we have got to start reassessing what this season's going to bring. Because, I mean, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at, well, get load up your strikers, forget defenders. But last week has made us maybe think that that isn't going to be the case. Um, we'll have to see. Um you know, we're seeing extremes all the time and it could change again. Um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, you know, attacking for attacking defenders for decent defensive sides seem, seem you know, I mean, that's not like rocket science to know that no. that's, a, that's a good play. But, you know, I look at Liverpool and I think, you know, if Fabinho's now done his hamstring and you've got Van Dijk out and, you know, you're paying £7 million for both of those, I think, you know, from, from the stats that I've seen, I mean, there are options for, for, for teams... That, for players who are, you know, around the five five point five mark, who are attacking, you've got West Ham who are coming with some good fixtures now, um, with wing backs, so you know you're going to get, you know, attacking stuff from them as well. So, I think I don't know if you need to spend a premium on defenders, but still target the attacking defenders, and and if you need to pay a bit more for them, then it's it's not it's not a stupid. Yeah, idea. I don't I don't think I think this game week has convinced me that I don't want to flash all my money out of defence, mm. whereas I think. At one point, I was thinking that would be the yeah, way. Exactly. You know, a yeah. couple of four million defenders is the way to go. And we've got Kilman and we've got Mitchell. Maybe that's possible. Um, but I'm mm, I'm reserving judgment there, um, like you say. Yeah, if, if, once again, though, this season throws us a curveball that just when we think we've worked it out, we're yeah. given something else to, to think about. Um, we're looking at some team data from game week six here. Um, so we haven't mentioned Leeds yet, but we should at this point. 27 shots in game week six at Villa. 20 shots in the box, nine on target. Um, these are it's massive. I mean, compared stats. to compared to I me, mean, not even just leading. I mean, absolutely huge. I mean, the next the next highest team for for shots is Liverpool with 17, 
So 10 more shots than Liverpool. Shots in the box, Liverpool 10, Leeds 20. Astonishing. So double the amount of shots in the box to, to Liverpool. And this is against um, a side who posted good defensive stats, as we talked about last week. Yeah, I mean, so we we said last week when we looked at this match, we know I did Arvin call it. Be, I did. Call you it, did. Man. You did. And we, you know, we said we're, <laughs> we're far from certain, and, and and immediately it got proved right when they got put on toast by Leeds. I mean, again, I will say it. Do we know what Leeds are? I think we're beginning to form a picture now. Mm. That Leeds are a very very good side who are going to offer us value all season. Do you not think? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the kind of the question marks are: Can they keep the level of intensity that they play in every game going? Because I think, you know, what we saw with Norwich last season was maybe something kind of similar at, at the start of the season. You know, for the first four or five weeks, we were kind of saying this about, we weren't saying like, OK, they're not obviously not as good as up, but they're a team that likes to attack. They go forward, they're going to create chances. Pookie's going to get 20 goals. It's, you know, all they, they can't defend. So they, all they can do is that. Leeds are a much more balanced side in the sense that you feel that they could get a clean sheet. You know, they've got better players, I think. They're not just completely reliant on, on, on one player. So... You know that that tells me they're going to do better than Norwich did. That the intensity they play in every match is, is incredible. I mean, you know, against City and against Liverpool, you you'd expect that intensity to be high. But the fact they can keep that intensity up against against teams like Aston Villa, I mean, no disrespect to Villa, but you know, if they do that all season, they they're gonna they're gonna have a really really strong season. I think. I mean. Yeah. Where do you think they're gonna finish? Are they play like that top top, top ten, easy. top eight, top top yeah, you know, um, eight nine, possibly. I think if you're a Leeds fan, you'd want that. You'd want that the way they've started. I mean, I, and don't forget, they they maintained it in the championship for 46 yeah. games, so they can keep it up for 38. Yeah, They're used to a schedule which has midweek games, which they're getting at the moment, as well as weekend games. Um, they haven't got a massive squad, but he's improved it in the right areas. I've mm. been impressed with his sign-ins. Yeah. I mean, players like Costa and Harrison, I didn't think would step up. Bamford, obviously, we had doubts about, and we're going to talk about him in a bit, but Harrison and, and Costa have also impressed me. They... You know, I I didn't. You know, I I looked at those players pre-season and thought, well, they're going to struggle to step up, but they haven't. They really haven't. And and it's and it, you got to put credit down to Bielsa and the system and the way they train. Yeah, it's astonishing. A real. I mean, I, every time I see Leeds, Leeds, they surprise me and, yeah. and open my eyes to the possibilities that they present. And gradually, FBL managers are waking up to it. And obviously, they've woken up to Bamford in a big way this week. Well, but Bamford, Bamford's such an interesting one, isn't he? Because he he's one of those players who. He starts the season strongly, and I go back to my mates again. I know, like lots of people would think, "Oh, Bamford, he scored thirteen points this week. I'm going to get him in." And you know, us more kind of experienced managers are like, "Ah, oh, you know, we're not sure. They're newly promoted. You know, he's, we don't know what leads are going to be like and all that." So we ignore him. And at what point do you kind of say, "Well, let's maybe stop ignoring Bamford"? Because I mean, you know, I think it's interesting because it, it it does ring with uh, with. Pookie last season. So I remember you saying mm. before we started this that um, one of your biggest regrets last year was getting in Pookie uh, because you didn't know what Norwich were about and you wish you'd waited a bit to see kind yeah. of if they can keep it. So I guess that's the question is Leeds seem better than Norwich. I mean, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> probably not a, probably not a massive compliment, but they, they seem a better unit. So would you now would you now go for Bamford con- considering that or, or are you still a little bit reluctant because of being burnt? There's not full trust there yet, but I look at Bamford and go, you know, even on days where he doesn't have a perform well, I think he can get goals because of the way the player, mm. the system around him and the way they play. I mean, they're, you know, 20 shots in the box is an extraordinary number of shots against a defence that previously were yeah. resolute. 
So that Look at tells wolves me there. wolves four. I know. Well, that's you know that's why I highlighted them. We talked spoke about them earlier, and they had sixteen shots, but only four in the box, and that tells the story, doesn't it? With them, very different. And and you'd have thought it would be the other way around. You didn't think Leeds would come up and have this kind of impact in attacking terms, and and Wolves would kick on, but it's not been the case. No. Um, interesting as well. Crystal Palace were a team that were right down the bottom the previous week, but they had ten shots on target at Fulham. Do you think that's more about Fulham or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately yeah yeah and then lower down you look at Everton only six shots three in the box I mean that's a symptom as we said of mm. Southampton defending well I mean I did say that you know they've been identified as a team that don't allow crosses and therefore you know Everton rely on cross balls to get opportunities for Calvert-Lewin and it didn't happen um, is that down to players missing or Southampton's defending a bit of both probably mm. And then there's your Chelsea. You talked about them earlier. Right down there, six shots, four yeah. in a box. No big chances. One on target. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, Very you know, this it's really interesting looking at the looking at this this table, because I mean you've got Burnley ahead of Tottenham. So Burnley had more shots, uh, more shots in the box. No, I'm sorry, not more shots in the box, less shots in the box, but more shots in general. Mm. Um one big chance to Tottenham's one. So you, you know, it's clear they're kind of the matchup. I mean, you've got Brighton at home to West Brom, second to bottom. Five shots, three in the box, three on target, one big chance against West Brom at home. Sort of terrible. Chelsea mm. there. You've got Leicester, you know, winning um at you know, winning against Arsenal. Again, right down the bottom, five shots, two shots in the box. It's it's hard it's hard to make it out, is it? Because, you know, next week the table could be completely flipped. The only consistent seems to be Wolves not not having many shots in the box, sort of week yeah. on week and their XG being low. Well, Le- Leicester and Wolves have been disappointing so far. I mean, mm. this is um, this is team data for the season, um, attacking data. And um, Liverpool, it's sorted by minutes per XG, non-penalty. Liverpool are top there. Um, XG, non-penalty every 42 minutes. Spurs behind them on 48.3. And then you've got West Ham on 55.6 and Everton on 56.8. So West Ham, at least, along with Villa and Everton, have been... The team's coming through and offering us value yep. and compensating for Wolves and Leicester who are down there. Leicester 111 minutes per XG non-penalty and Wolves 112 minutes. I mean, the only teams below them are Fulham, Newcastle, Sheffield United and West Brom. And they're all teams you think are going to be battling relegation. So you've got Leicester and Wolves who some people would have said they're going to challenge top six. In Leicester's case, top four. Yeah. Um, and yet, in terms of attacking potential, they're right down there with the teams who we presume will be relegation battlers. Yeah. It's utterly bizarre. But, yeah, as I, I mean, say... It's, 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 it, I mean, Wolves, Wolves, we know that, that Nuno is trying to kind of change the style there. We know that he said he, he wants to move to more possession-based, not just be reliant on counter-attacking. Um, I mean, is that is that what's happening with Leicester as well? Are they thinking, you know, Vardy's getting on a bit now? Is he losing some of his pace? Are they trying to transition and... Because Rogers has always been a kind of a possession type manager, and we did see it more last season. But Vardy is such a, a weapon, isn't he, to to unleash when he's as fast as he is? I mean, you know, I look at Vardy and I think, what's going to happen when he goes? Because Ian Acho isn't anywhere near as good as 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 he is. He's never going to be. So they're going to have to buy someone to really take his mantle. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen to them when 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 Vardy leaves. And it's interesting because I was looking at Harvey Barnes after game week two and it looked it looked the right move to go with him instead of Grealish. I went mm. for Grealish in the end. But Barnes has really disappointed recently. It's not yeah. down to him. It's down to just Leicester not offering enough. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like, there's, there's probably a big chasm between Barnes and Grealish now, but there wasn't when I made the yeah, decision yeah. a few weeks back. So it's, it's interesting how things have changed there. Yeah, Leicester playing five at the back at Arsenal. Maybe that's the way they're going to go. But yeah, I mean, thankfully, West Ham have come along and Everton have come along and um, and Villa as well have stepped up. But Leeds, right up there now, you know, um, an XG non-penalty every 65 minutes. Really impressive for a promoted team. Um, let's just look at quickly at the defensive data. And there you go, your boys at the top. Minutes per XG conceded, 95.7. So statistically, the top defence, along with Southampton, 95 minutes per XG conceded. Um, Southampton obviously turned it around since the Spurs route. Brighton, you're shaking your head. One clean if, sheet all season. If if ever you need an example that sort of expected data and 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 statistics can be misleading, you just have to look at this table because yeah. I've watched every Brighton game this season, and there is absolutely no way we can be classed as statistically the best defensive side in the league because we we just we we the basic we forget how to do basic stuff. I, I, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet, bet against Brighton to keep keep again. I was saying minutes it from the start. per chance conceded, twelve point eight. Yeah, that's the best in the league. Yeah, but it's 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 that's fine because we control games for long periods, but we switch off, and we switch off, and as soon as we switch off, we can see the goal. It happened. Yeah. It's happened. In the, you know, if you need like sort of recurring data, six weeks this has been going on for. We concede sloppy goals. We switch off. We're playing well. We we lose our focus and 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 we concede. It happened. It happens just all the time, and it was happening all of last season. Um, it's just it just seems to be something kind of associated with with Potter. So I really wouldn't look too much into this. Mm. I, I still think Lamptey is is a great shout. I think you know we he was unlucky not to get the assist. Um, he will he will get attacking returns playing in that wing back position. Uh, ben White is someone who I've added to my watch list that we're going to talk about in a bit because he's playing mm. in midfield. I mean, the trouble with that is that that I mean, you talk about like a lack of creativity. Um, you know, you're playing West Brom at home, and you're effectively playing four centre backs. It's I, I just I just can't really understand it. I mean, it's it's very negative to 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 go with that. I, I, I can understand it. You know, maybe in a in a kind of game against like a Chelsea or a United or an Everton or something like that. But at home to West Brom, it feels like there should have been a bit more creativity in, in that side. So yeah, I'm not I'm not completely sold on what Potter's doing. At the moment, it's, and... it's funny with Southampton up there as well, though. Um, mm. I was I was all all ready to give up on McCarthy, but maybe not now. They're showing discipline, and you know, and, and it depends who they play. If they play a team who've got pace up front, who are going to expose the, the yeah something about a high line. You mentioned it once. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who they do play a high line. <laughs> but at yeah. the moment, they're doing all right. So it's surprising to see them up there as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, we knew we knew they could defend. I mean, we've seen, we saw it. You know, after they got absolutely hammered last year against Leicester, they they massively upped their defensive numbers. Were good, I think, for the rest of the season post lockdown. You know, they played well, particularly away from home. They they've looked good. Maybe less of a, an impact, you know, given that there's no fans now. So yeah, I'm I'm not totally surprised, but they they also do. I, I don't know. I mean, I've been I've been quite I've been more impressive than I than I thought I'd be. I thought they were kind of similar to Brighton. They had some mistakes in them, and players like Vestergaard weren't quite good enough, and, and things. But he's stepped up. He's he's mm. he's really good this season. Um, so yeah, no, I I think having a Southampton defender four point five, you know, Walker Peters and, and McCarthy um, aren't, aren't the best option. I'm not a huge fan of McCarthy, but Southampton in general, I think, do seem quite quite solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got over the loss of Holberg, I suppose. I mean, they mm. got 
you know you have to get used to with him not being a Romero has stepped up a bit and they've settled down and now they're getting clean sheets um let's look at some player data um United winning 5-0 by the way really five goals for United yeah against mm. Leipzig Good that's Chelsea and United maybe changing the, our minds again in Europe <laughs> well doesn't count though does it um okay game week six look at the two players at the top we've got Zaha there um right at the top uh XGI non-penalty 2.2 Bamford 1.62 for the same stat touches in the box Zaha Bamford right up there with Salah 15 yep. for Zaha 12 for Bamford 14 for Salah those are numbers which are, are, are hard to ignore. I mean, we talked about Bamford and do we trust him yet? Zaha. Now, interestingly, a few weeks back, I said that if I didn't, if I hadn't have gone Jimenez to Kane, I'd have gone Pedence to Zaha. That was my plan. And, mm. you know, unfortunately, I had to get Kane and changed it. Looking back, maybe that's a mistake. Obviously, in points, it was a mistake. But I think we'll see if it's a mistake to get Kane in because obviously I'd have played a lot more. And like you say, he's got this Brighton and West Brom game. But Zaha has to be a player I keep considering, given those numbers. Yeah. But you you can't allow yourself to get him because of the Brighton thing, can you? <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't know about that. He, he's, I mean, I do hate him for that, but that's not that's not the sole reason. Um, he's he's always been a frustrating player, FPL wise. Mm. I think in general, I've I've classed him in the past alongside someone like Willian, player who who looks good, and you know he's obviously a really talented player, but. You kind of feel like he never really does quite enough, but this season he he is looking. I mean, you've got an out of position midfielder in theory, so that always helps. Palace, there does seem to be something. I mean, I wrote Palace off at the start of the season. I thought mm. they were really going to struggle this year, but there does seem to be something about them this year. I don't I don't really know how or why. I mean, I know their stats aren't amazing, but you know they, they're getting good wins and they're. You know they're they're sort of climbing up the table again. So I do, I do like Zaha. I mean, you know, you look at our season so far, and one of the reasons why we're ranked about two million, I think, is because we don't own either of these two players. I mean, mm. Bamford's thirty percent owned, Zaha's twenty five percent owned. Yeah, and Bamford's got more points than Calvert Lewin now. Yeah, and, and a few and, weeks back, Calvert Lewin was must own. And I can say, you know, I know you, you considered Zaha, but I can say I never considered either of these like mm. seriously. So maybe that is the that is one of the reasons why we're. We're struggling a bit because can't solely blame it on two players, but no. But if you can blame it on Zaha, you will, won't you? Um, (laughs) Not talking to players you don't like. Look at Harry Kane right down there, zero point two seven xgi non penalty from the game week. Um, Right down there with Son on zero point eight one, and when you compare them to Mane and Salah, um, you know you can see that maybe Salah was the right captaincy. You can see the logic there. Salah zero point eight three. He had fourteen touches in the box. He had four shots in the box compared to Kane, um, who had the four shots, but none on target. Um, and Kane was withdrawn and, and didn't really get himself in goal-scoring opportunities. And you can't say that about Salah. He was very unlucky to come out the yeah. game week with nothing. Yeah, and you're going to get games like that with Kane. Mm. I think it's, you know, it's it's something you're going to... You, it, he, he is that kind of player now who who is going to frustrate. I mean, his ownership now is 41% owned. And... I think you know for the next two games. I think it's it will take someone brave to go without him, just because I don't think there are that many particularly good options um, who I think are going to are going to do that well. And I can see Spurs getting some quite comfortable wins in those two. But after 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 that West Brom game, I really don't think Kane is going to justify sort of being around eleven million because um, mm. I think he he is capable of having games like like that Burnley match where he puts in numbers like that. I mean, touching the box four. I mean that is 
That's a joke. It is, but there's the season data. He's right up there with Mane. So minutes per XGI non-penalty, 109.9. Second only to Mane on 89.4. So Kane's numbers this season have been right up there with his best ever season, as we've seen in the previous show. So at the moment, I think it's, you know, we can't write him off on the back of that Burnley performance. But they've been in crazy weeks. They've been in crazy weeks when everything's been mad. Crazy second half against Southampton. Crazy match against but United. we said that before. Crazy 20 minutes against West I know. Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking to... I, I just can't imagine Salah ever having a game and having four touches in the penalty area. No. Or two, was it, sorry, was it four? Was it two? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, Kane had was. four, yeah. Yeah, four. I mean, it's so just... Salah's 14. I just think if you're backing if you're backing either Salah or Kane in a similar type of fixture, I think it's it's just Salah every time. Hmm. Well, look at this. Look at this table. This is sorted by minutes per XGI non penalty. As I say, Mane and Kane at the top. Bamford um, down there in the top ten, one hundred and forty two point six, and Zaha just outside the top ten, one hundred and fifty one point seven. So these two players are obviously presenting outstanding value. Not in our teams. Not been near our team so far this season. Right up there, um, along with Antonio, who we've talked about a lot, but right up there with Grealish and Son and Salah, players that are mainstays now um, yep. in most teams. So we, we have, you know, this just tells us we have got to consider Zaha and Bamford based on the data and obviously the eye test as well. It's all over that. And you look at Zaha as well, and you talk about form and fixtures, they are exactly coinciding. If you look at, you know, the, the ticker, the fixture ticker, Palace at the top there for yep. attacking potential um obviously wolves away is not an easy game in game seven to come but then it leads at home which you know anything can happen there mm. if leads i mean i think i think we can say leads will be will keep clean sheets but they'll also leave themselves open um burnley newcastle west brom all right so they're, they're they're decent four games but you know maybe burnley have got enough to keep them out what we saw against spurs maybe we need to reconsider their defense so on yeah. paper, they're easy games, but with Palace, do we trust them? That's the no. no, no, because they're, they, they to me, still under Hodgson, they're, they're, they're a 1-0, one, 2-0 one nil, nil max mm. type team. I just can't see them getting more than two goals. Like if they do get two goals, then I, I, given what Zaha's doing at the moment, I'd expect him to be involved in, well, that's the problem. in both of them. Which, he's, get, he's getting involved. Exactly. It? A bit, and it's a bit like Wolves and, and Jimenez. I mean, Jimenez... Mm. Uh, you know, Wolves might only win one or two nil, but at the moment he's the only player who looks even slightly likely to make something happen, which immediately boosts him. Whereas I, th- I just think Leeds, like they, I think they've got a big win coming. I mean, they've already had a big win against Villa, but the way they play, you know, if they're playing a team who aren't quite at it, they could really hit some goals in that. So, I mean, Bamford at still six million. I, I, st- I still think Bamford over over Zaha would be the way right. the way that I'd go. Yeah. We've got to consider it. We're late to the party. Okay, let's start. Mo payout for Bamford is looking more and more tempting, to be honest. Yeah. Well, we'll get to your transfers and we've we'll you're up for Not that. Sweet, but yeah. Okay, we've ruined it. That's a, bright, <laughs> Spoilers. that's a Brighton player out for a Palace player. Can no, for a Leeds player. For a Leeds player, it'd be Bamford. Oh, for, yeah, of course. Sorry, not, God, not, not going to Zaha. Come on. Uh, okay, watch list. Um, we've both made changes. I've put Mesley in there, the Leeds goalkeeper. Um because he's offering great potential. You already yeah. had him there. Yeah, I mean, that they they faced, um, I think only Newcastle faced more shots this season. Mm. And obviously um, their keepers have well, their keepers done very well. Um, so Leeds, I think, can keep clean sheets. They're going to give away shots. It's, it could be save points in there. So at four or five, he's got to be an option we consider. 
um, should I start getting cold feet on McCarthy? I put TNE in because Arsenal at the moment, all they're offering really is defensive potential. Yep. Offering nothing in attacking terms. Cancelo, he was mentioned on the scout cast. You turned your nose up at him as a <laughs> differential. But, I, you know, I think Diaz is, would be my preferred option in that United and City's defence. But I think... You've Cancelo, already got Reese James. Don't get another one. I know. One. Do I need another one? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Diaz looks more solid, but yeah, he is. Cancelo's got that little bit of attacking potential that I like, but I'll keep an eye on him. Ampadu's replaced Robinson in there because he looks like he's playing in midfield. Mm. So when Sheffield United improve, um, and I think they performed well at Anfield. I think they were unlucky in that game. Um, they will keep clean sheets eventually, I think. And I put Kufal in there, who's a player you brought in as well. So tell me about him. What's caught your eye about the West Ham right back? Well, Late, Late Riser did a good article today on, on uh, West Ham in general and some of their options. And one of the points he raised was kind of looking at Kufal versus Masuaku. Mm. And it's going to be interesting to know if, if Moyes does decide to switch to um, four at the back rather than playing the wing backs, potentially to you know, bring in and Ben Rama, uh, then it could be Masuaku who loses his place. And Kufal looks to be the much more secure option. So it, I, I think if I was going to pick a West Ham defender, it'd be Kufal or Creswell. Yeah. Um, I think Masuaku would, would be the one that I, I probably wouldn't go near, even though he does actually look the most attacking of of the three options based on his heat map and, and stats and things. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kufal, I mean, I think he got bonus even though he got booked, which is always a good sign that he's going to yeah. be good for the bonus points. Uh, and, you know, the fixtures, I, I mean, getting a West Ham defender, I think, next week for that Fulham at home game, and they've got a good run, I think is is going to be a, a solid move. Well, let's, let's look at the uh, the ticker for defensive data. Uh, and West Ham, it's not bad. They're kind of mid-table in, in that. Um, obviously, it's Liverpool away first, but then it's like you're talking about, is that Fulham, Sheffield United, Aston Villa run in mm. 8, 9 and 10? Um, that is where, and it's all about the Fulham game, isn't it? Is we wanted to load up on Antonio, but weren't really sure if he's going to be fit now. That's the problem. No, nah, it's a real shame, isn't it? Because um, so we, we were talking about him as a captain, yeah. as a potential captain for that match. Yeah, absolutely. Elsewhere, you've got Ben White in there playing midfield for Brighton. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the thing with the watch list is I want to keep my eye on on things like that. Like it's, I remember when um, you know when Phil Neville was a was a defender playing in midfield and he was you know scored quite well. Uh, I think we had it with Delph as well. Uh, you know, it's you know when you've got a player playing out of position, it's worth kind of keeping your eye on them. I don't know how long that experiment's going to go on for because it still seems to me that he's better in a back three with Duncan's, um, with Webster, mm. uh, and then you obviously got Zalzar and and, and Bissouma in midfield. But it's been a couple of games now that he's played in midfield, and he 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 was one of our better players, not against West Brom in, in the match before that. So if that continues, it might just be something to to keep your eye on. And what's this, Reese James? I mean, you have a go at me, and you stuck him on your watch list. Well, he's on the watch list. I mean, like I said, with Thiago, with Thiago in, if he can get a run of starts and continue to perform, then it's worth keeping your eye on him because I do think when he plays, he has the potential to to be the best value defender in the game. I think at five point yeah. was he five point one, something like that. Yeah, it's just a shame. I think he's gone down to five now, actually. Five, back down to five. Yeah, it's just a shame. If he was nailed on, if Aspilicueta picks up an injury mm. um, or something like that, then I think it's, it's it, you get him in kind of without a second thought. It's just just to keep your eye on to see what kind of how it develops. Fair enough. I'll let you have him. That's fine. You can have him when you watch this. But and Zuma, look, I got, I got. I know, Kurt, I know. Kurt, top scoring defender in the game. What's going on with him? Kurt Zuma. Crazy. Oh, no, isn't he's, it? no, sorry, he's not the top. No, sorry, says. Sace is now the top. Your man, Sace, who you love. 
Obviously. God, he was. He Zuma was for a brief period a top scoring defender in the game, which I never would have expected. But I mean, we're considering Chelsea defenders because of Mendy, obviously, and his performance at Old Trafford yeah. kind of underline the fact that they have now got a keeper at last. So we've got to consider Chilwell um, and everything that he brings. But if you can't afford him, then you know Zuma. It's our um, mate again in the chat. I don't think it's nice you laughing. They haven't. Chelsea haven't conceded with Mendy and Thiago in the same team. Three matches, three clean sheets. Mm. And Lampard setting up in a very different way and mm. obviously playing far less risky, keeping things tight. I mean, that's what we've seen at Old Trafford. They what they kept a clean sheet today as well. We'll see if that continues. Uh, watch list in midfield. We've made very few changes. I've just brought Harrison in just as another Leeds player. I mean, it's scattergun approach. I've got Click, Costa and Harrison in there <laughs> um, because I don't know where, where my attention would go. If I wanted to get a Leeds midfielder, where would I go? It's so, I mean, Click's got the penalties, of course. Taking yeah, corners. that's where I'd go, I think. Mm, probably, probably. Um, but very few changes in there for me. Uh, you've made no changes. Not for me, no. No, I mean, it's, you know, there hasn't been any movers and shakers. We're waiting for City to break out, really, and for us to go back to Sterling and De Bruyne, I guess, there, and also Rashford, for United, Fernandes for United, they're sitting there in our watch list, but not in our team. As if you've still got matter on your watch list. I know, I just left him there on purpose. I took Walcott off because I couldn't <laughs> take the jest in, but I've left matter on there just to wind oh, up. Oh, Walcott's gone, has he? That's good. Yeah, I sneaked him out. <laughs> sneaked him out. Um, and up front, you've added Vardy. What's your thinking behind that? Well, my, my thinking is is that he's he just keeps doing well. I mean, he's he doesn't need, you don't need to look at stats, you don't need to look at anything. He, You know, if, if we're talking about going more casual, or if you're talking about a set-and-forget team, it almost feels like Vardy is the perfect player because you kind of feel like you could leave him in for the whole season. He's going to be right up there with the top-scoring strikers and, and, and keep delivering points. So the fixtures aren't great for him, um, but if if Leicester are going to score goals, I feel like there's even kind of more kind of onus on him to get them at the moment because none of their other players look particularly capable of doing it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see it, Leicester, at the moment. It's a shame. I've still got Barnes in midfield on my watch list, but I just, I need to see more from Leicester than I'm seeing at the moment. Just like Wolves, Trey Adams back in for me. I mean, it's, I, it's amazing, isn't it? It's like when I, when I look back at, I had him in my team and I lost patience with him, and then obviously since then he's delivered and he's doing very well. And now people are talking about him again, and um, yeah, it's just one of those things. So I, I kind of put him on there as an apology, really. <laughs> was he talking about 5.8 now or something? 5.9 yeah. something like that yeah cheap yeah. price yeah and again it's just the fickle nature of this season that we're, we're going back to players that previously we've got rid of um, but you know with Antonio possibly out we don't know yet how mm. for um, if I'm going to go free up front Adams is a name I've got to consider again but I think he's behind Bamford uh, and maybe even Watkins with Watkins' fixtures mm. pretty strong um, in my thinking anyway um, okay let's look at the fixtures for game week seven then and talk through some of these um that opening game to me could be another nil nil we've been waiting for nil nil to come along we had i think two last week in game week six to me i think i look at that and think palace are going to turn up and hodgson's gonna make it hard to break them down and nothing i've seen from Wolves has convinced me they've got the tools to break any team down mm. unless our friend triori with his greasy arms starts that game what do you think yeah, I mean, low scoring, low scoring for sure. I mean, how Traore still isn't starting, and you know, you can say he's great off the bench, and you know, he, he, you look at Wolves when they've scored, it's when he's come off the bench, and, and that, I mean, he just adds so much to their attack, it's crazy. 
Uh, I like I like Pedenz. I think he's he's a, he's clearly like one of their more talented players, but I wouldn't feel happy having him in my team. Do you think Pedenz is dropped? I don't see how he can be with Neto there, because I think he offers he offers more it, than Neto does. You've got it right down on Neto. Yeah, he's you know he's, he had he got the goal recently and he's he's looked okay. But you really you just don't you got a blind spot for him or you really think he's awful? Because you, you, you've been saying to me he's no, an awful player. But... I don't think he's awful. But if you're asking me who I think the strongest front three for Wolves is, it's Pedenz, Jimenez, and Traore. Right. That's, yeah. that's 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 how I feel about it. When you know, and, and it's it surprised me that. Um, Pedenz is, is the one that's been going off first, but it's been working because they've been getting that goal. Mm. But I, you've got to wonder how long that's going to carry on for. Because I mean, they, Jimenez created that kind of out of nothing in a mm. really weird position for a striker to be to be in, sort of outside the penalty area like that when a corner comes in. Was it a free kick? Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't see. I can't see Wolves getting, you know, getting loads of goals in that game I think it's going to be a 1-0 Wolves or my favourite scoreline a one all. yeah I mean I I even think Palace could nick it mm. I, I really do I just I think they've got enough to catch them on the break and they're going to sit deep and frustrate and yeah I mean we'll see if Podence so I, I, I'm i thinking of not starting Podence in my team because I've got I've got wow. a chance to see trial we could start wow I don't want to see it but I think it's a possibility you've got to consider that trial is going to start soon uh, and I don't have 100% confidence it's going to be Neto that's dropped anymore. He's a, so. he, he strikes me as the exact kind of player that I wouldn't want to bench because he's so then, capable of just yeah, yeah of, just do it, of just do, of just doing trying something. trying to get in here, aren't you? Trying to get in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't own him. That's the thing. Like, I think when you've got a player like that, and the same with like Reese James, I think you kind of have to play them because of what they're capable of doing. Um, but. Yeah, they're not my they're not my type of player because well, they would frustrate me too much. Not knowing yeah. where they're going to start. Fair enough. Sheffield United, Man City. That's I mean that's difficult to call now, isn't it? I mean you go to you go to play Sheffield United. It's always going to be a tough game. Man City ordinarily you think would have far too much, mm. but with Aguero out, yep. De Bruyne is obviously back now pulling the strings. But they're not the same side without a, a striker there, a recognised striker. No. Um, and it's never an easy play. You don't see them going there and winning by a two or three goal margin, do you? No. I, I mean, I, you've got to think they're going to win. You've got to think they get the result. But you can only see, I can only see a one nil, maybe a two one. But you don't know what they do. What they do up front? Because I think mean, they played Ferran Torres and they up front mm. in, the, in the Champions League. And Foden's played a false nine before. Yeah, the Foden's there. Sterling, obviously, they've got that can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just adding to the City lottery, isn't it? I mean, if if I'm picking a player from City, uh, I'm picking De Bruyne um, for sure. But I, I don't know if 11.5 is worth it, considering that we're not even sure if they can beat Sheffield United. No, look at that. Look at that game last season, uh, or even you know the start of the season. You'd be thinking that's a, that's a come to win, like you say. Uh, I, I do like Foden. I think I think you know 6.6, 6.7 for Phil Foden. I say it every week, but he he is someone who I think if you're if you're happy to ride out the occasional like benching or the occasional one point or whatever, I think he's a player who offers probably the best value for the sub seven million mark of all the players in the in the you know all attacking players. So, I think if you've got him, I think you just have to hold him. You just yeah, keep and this him. is it. People getting frustrated with him, but he is a, he was a six five asset, right? So you're not yeah. you know you can't demand too much from him just because he plays for City. You can't be expecting he's going to turn into De Bruyne overnight in terms of output. So. You're gonna have it's rough for the smooth, quite literally, with him, isn't it? 
Um, he's a, yeah. he's a bit like Mares. I think like, a bit like Mares yeah. last season. Like, he's going to get you some double digits. He's going to get you some one pointers. He's going to be around. But Mares was like eight point five, nine million. Foden's six point five. Mm. Like, you can do yeah. a lot worse than than just sticking with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Burnley, Chelsea. Having seen Spurs <laughs> struggle there, what do you think? I mean, yeah. you're going to go into that game with what? With Pulisic, but not Werner, probably. Maybe. I might go into it with three, three Chelsea. Oh, well, I didn't see that coming. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, I, will pro- I will probably lose Werner uh, because, I, again, I don't think this is a good game because, I don't know if you know, but Burnley... Well, actually, Burnley don't play a, a particularly, like, deep line they actually do play a, a fairly high line uh, but I'm just not that impressed with with Werner uh, you know no penalties nine million drifting out to the left it's just not it's not ideal um, so yeah I think I think he probably will be gone so it will probably just be the two the two Chelsea players in a defender but even so do you think you'll get anything out of that game Burnley I think clean sheet is right. is is pretty is pretty safe mm. um, Pulisic got a hat-trick last season same fixture mm. So it could be a good game for him. Warmed up tonight with gold, didn't he? Warmed up tonight. Goal and assist, I think. Won the penalty as well. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think it'd be a Chelsea win. I think maybe a 2-0. Okay. Uh, Liverpool-West Ham. Now, this is tricky because West Ham with Antonio are a very different team to West Ham without him. We don't know if he's out yet, but if he is, if that is confirmed before the weekend, suddenly you think, have West Ham got enough to cause Liverpool problems? Probably at set pieces, but outside of that, open play... You can't see it. You know, Liverpool are going to score two or three goals, you've got to think, haven't you? Yeah, but I can't see him keeping a clean sheet. No. Even with Antonio Luss or Antonio in, I'm afraid. Oh, dear, when will it come? It's, it's really weird like with Liverpool, like with these two Liverpool <laughs> defenders that I've got. Right? It just seems like, yeah, I wrote an article on Scout about three weeks ago, maybe less than that, where I said, well, I'm not budging. I'm definitely holding Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. You you can sell them if you like, but you're going to look a fool when you sell them when I get the point. <laughs> and then since then, what's happened is um, Alisson got injured. I know. Right? And then after that, I went, no, 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 Alisson, it's all right. I can cope with just Adrian and goal. I'll, I'll ride that out. Van Dyke gets injured. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> That, that's a bit of a problem. Fabino gets injured. It's like, what's going to happen? It's going to be like, well, Liverpool are being forced to increase the size of their goal for the West Ham game or something like that. I mean, what yeah. else needs to it's go? Un- it's unbelievable, isn't it? Everything's stacked against them in terms of keeping clean sheets. And um, poor Trent, who's trying his best to stay in my team, isn't probably going to be able for the opportunity. Yeah, the whole defence has got injured apart from the two that you own. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> quite impressive really yeah. uh, suddenly they're crying for Dejan Lovren again, again. I know, How bizarre, I know. He'd, he'd do a job wouldn't he he would um, so we don't know what Liverpool are going to have in defence for that game whether Matip's going to be back but if Antonio plays that could be real problems for them but I just from what I'm hearing mm. on the grapevine that he's not going to so I think Liverpool's shape is interesting because uh, I know Granville mm. tweeted uh, today about uh, I think it was Granville about Yotta. you sure it's Granville Oh, Tactics. Tactics Four, was it? So if they if they stick to a four two three one, um mm. then they've got Salah up front, so potentially makes him a better option. And then you've got Jotu comes in as a six point three. I don't know. I watched that game with Jota playing and it worried me. Right. Mm. Number one, Robertson and Trent didn't get forward enough, mm. which hurt me personally. Number two, Salah was wandering all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And, and I kind of got used to seeing him out there on the right hand side. And getting into those scenarios where he's got one-on-one with the full-back and he can go in or out. and you know. Whereas in that game against Sheffield United, I never knew where to look for Salah and I didn't like that. 
really. I like like knowing where he's going to be. And I also think that system with the three up front has worked. What it's one of the titles, the Champions League, World Club. You throw Jota in there, suddenly you're breaking that up a bit. And I know. I don't yeah. see the sense in it. I think it was just for the Sheffield United game, but Jota's, you know, mate, he's a good player. Maybe yeah. he can play his way into that team and, and they'll change the system. But I wasn't particularly enamoured with the fact that Jota no. played and played well. No, nor am I. I'm just saying, you know, if, if that is something that they, they continue with and that is something that, uh, you know, starts to look a bit better than it has done, then he might be someone to consider that we probably would never have considered when he signed up before. He's definitely just going to be like a rotation pick. But, you know, if he does start at 6.3 for Liverpool, it is tempting. But I think it's going to be a 2-1 Liverpool that match. I reckon more. I think they're going to get three goals. I think I think they know they're going to have to score. I mean, two's not enough, right? Because set pieces, a penalty... Yeah. I mean, Liverpool... I think Where's Klopp the Mont-Bad, will go, though? Like, no, I know. Defend, no, but I think Liverpool will go into that game going, we need to score three goals. Against a team like West Ham, who have got some threat, definitely at set plays, we're going to need three goals to win this game. And I think most games now, Klopp's going to think we're going to need three goals, which is why I think Salah still looks the, the captain pick. We'll get to that later. Villa-Southampton. Sorry. Incredible though. So just just one more thing on West Ham. Mm. Just just mm. they are incredible, aren't they? I mean, they've had one kind of capitulation against Spurs in that kind of crazy twenty minutes, which they then recovered from. But other than that, they just I thought like you look at those the fixtures they've had. You think in one of these games they're going to lose like five or six yeah. nil, and they just haven't in any of them. It's... But also the off pitch stuff. Like pre season, I, I was like, well, what, how much can you read into this? But you think, well, that will affect the team. It will yeah. get to the manager. We'll get to the team. But it, no sign of that. No sign of it, really. And maybe it's helped. Maybe it's like, you know, it's trench mentality. We will fight this and yeah. we'll show people. But, I mean, brilliant that they're there. And, I'm, you know, if I, it, I if Antonio is out, it doesn't put me off Bowen. I still think mm. Bowen could be a good option yeah, in the yeah. field. Um, so, but I still think they'll, they'll concede against Liverpool. I just think it's a tide that very few teams would be able to defend off. And I don't think West Ham have got quite enough to stop Liverpool from scoring at least a couple. Villa Southampton, like I say... Really tricky again because I look at Grealish. I look at Grealish in every game and think he can return. But Southampton, because of that defensive form, make this a tough one to call again. Are you going to go one-one? Because it looks that way. No, I'm going to go with Villa win. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're going to bounce back from that that Leeds match. I think mean, that that would be really disappointing for for a lot of them. Uh, you know, considering how how well they've done at the start mm. of the season. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a good game that one. Is it is it live or we've got to pay? I don't know. Twelve o'clock. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I, I look at the kickoff times and days, and sometimes think you can tell now. But what's yeah. box office and what is? But you can't really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't think I'll be paying fourteen ninety five for Villa Southampton, which no. is a shame because no. I'd like to see Jack at every opportunity, but not at this time. Yeah, I think I think I think Villa will, will have a bit too much for Southampton. I think yeah. that, that's going to be a, a. I'll go for a, a number two one. And Newcastle Everton. I mean, if Everton. Do go into that game, but we know they're going to be without Dina. We know that Coleman's probably out as well, and Richardson yeah. suspended too. Uh, Rodriguez an injury doubt at the moment, well, should make it, I imagine. But it's not easy at Newcastle. No, um, it's and not. I, and if they're going to get a result, it's got to be now, because mm. you're not going to you're not going to play Everton at a better time than this all season. Mm. I think Everton will struggle again. Yeah, I think I think that that will be one all. I think that's a. That's yeah, a draw. nil, 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 one all. I think, I think a draw. God, dear, let's have a low-scoring week. 
particularly when you look at Man United Arsenal again you look at that mm. game and that's going to be cagey Arsenal going to turn up Arteta's tactics are very much defensive we should not be moved and we'll try and catch on a break or bomb what's he got five games without a goal for the first time since signing the contract he's yeah. he's given up yeah uh, it's meant I haven't had to say Aubameyang for a while. Um, <laughs> Man United don't know what we're going to get there, do we? I mean, the stats show that they're in terrible form, but they won tonight, as you said, they were five 0 up at the time. Potential to click and knock three or four goals in, but is it going to happen against Arsenal? I don't see it. Yeah, I'm. I think one of them are going to win. I just no don't draw them. I don't think it's going to be a draw. I think both teams are, are going to want it. You know, Man United have now had that draw against Chelsea, and they kind of think, okay, we've we've stabilised, but we've had this good mm. winning in Champions League. Now they could push on for it, but I think that yeah. could potentially leave them leave them a bit more open. Um, so I think we're going to see we're going to see a more open game than we saw in the in the Chelsea United match. Arsenal are going to be hurting again from that losing that Leicester game because that will be a game Arteta wouldn't have wanted to to lose. If you're looking at top four and thinking maybe Leicester are a are a threat for that, losing that game uh, isn't good. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think United are probably the, the slight favourites. So I'll, I'll go for United, but I wouldn't be we're surprised. Wait, to see we're win. waiting for City and United to just have that game where it makes us sit up and pay attention. Mm. Um, you know, United got the four goals at Newcastle, but then followed it with the Chelsea disappointment. Um, we'll probably need to see United and City have a run of two or three games and score heavily in all of them before we start changing our team structure. But there's no doubt, you know, Rashford all his good work off the pitch, yeah. he's also outstanding on it, is a player that will probably end up in both our teams at some point this season. If it's not going to be Rashford, it'll be Fernandez. I mean, you're mentioning Fernandez already. Mm. Are you? Is that like a De Bruyne? You're looking at him thinking, it's only a matter of time before I need to get him? 100%. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if I'm looking at getting Kane in, one of the reasons I like the idea of getting Kane is because I see that as an easy switch for him to Fernandez when they've got um, West Brom at home. I mean, I think, you know, the, the run United have got after the Everton game in a few weeks' time looks great. And I think that's going to be a, a good chance. You know, you're looking at points in the season to maybe get ahead of the curve yeah. and to start differentiating your team from others. And I look at that that run that, that United have got and I'm thinking, you know, that that's that's going to be a good... You know, whether it be Fernandez or Rashford, uh, then, you know, it'll be one of those. I'm just hoping that United don't go too mad before that because then obviously you get all the people flocking back and Fernandez could be 35 40% owned before you've even... Got to it that doesn't take a lot for people to jump on United. Especially not United, no, exactly. No, I mean, it's game week nine onwards is the time you're talking about. And that, that looks to be the next time where there's a pivot in terms yeah. of the fixtures. And City and United look like they could come into mm. the equation a lot more. I mean, City have got Burn what, Burnley and Fulham in, in quick succession. Um, let's have a look. Let's bring the ticker up again. Um, yeah, so it's game week nine onwards. Um, City have got, yeah, Burnley and Fulham. Yeah, game week 10 yeah, and 11. 10, 11. Uh, and United have got West Brom in game week nine, 10 they've got Southampton away, West Ham away in game week 11, yeah. and then the Manchester sides play each other mm. um, in uh, in game week 12. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a potential swing there, yeah. away from Spurs, away from one of Sun or Kane, or even both maybe, to a United or City asset. And when we look at the captains in, in a bit, you'll see that there's a problem game week coming up where City players are definitely going to be wanted. Spurs-Brighton, now... You're not going to back Brighton here, despite the defensive data that we saw. And obviously, we're both on. Well, we're both on some. You're likely to be on Kane as well. Um, you got to think the Spurs win then. I can I can tell you exactly what's going to happen in that game. What will happen is 
Brighton will play brilliantly for 30 minutes, 35 minutes, and everyone will be saying, Spurs are going to lose this. Brighton look absolutely fantastic. And they might Mo nick a goal as well. Mo they might nick a goal. Mope might have, you know, a one-on-one -on -one that he misses. It's going to be all Brighton and it'd be like Spurs are finished. Mourinho's going to be sad. And then Brighton will just do something stupid and it'll be someone you won't expect. It'll be, you know, Basuma might fall over in the centre of the park or something like that. And then Spurs will go get a goal and then they'll win 3-1. Yeah, That's I was going to say 3-1 is the score that I like as well in this one. Um, that's what that's, that's what's going to happen. The the, the, men, the mentality is 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 not right with with Brighton, and I can't see I can't see it changing against Spurs this week. Uh, it's worrying for you as well because I mean a side that's playing good football with some nice players. If you're not careful, you are going to end up being dragged yeah. down again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Fulham West Brom. Wow, Fulham West Brom. <laughs> I fancy West Brom. I like really? Grant. I like Grant. Mm. And I think, you know, both of them have strengthened. Loftus-Cheek coming in at Fulham. I, I like Lookman, who looks outstanding. Prospect 5 million. That's a player that is on my watch list as well. And he's done enough already in terms of stats to grab our attention. But it's just, it's Fulham. And he's going to have to do it on his own. Uh, and you look at West Brom, and they've got Pereira. But now they've got Grant, who mm. was a good goal against Brighton. And I, I, I rated him in the championship. And I actually think he's got the tools to do all right in the Premier League as well. And I think I think Billich will get one over on Parker here. I think West Brom might nick it. That's my pick. You talk you talk about games that neither team wants to lose. That yeah. is the ultimate. Mm. You know that is like bottom it's a six place. pointer now, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. So I think that that leads that leads leans me towards a draw. One all. all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I hate saying one all now. Like, like yeah, nil, nil, so nil, 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 or one nil. One now Leeds Leicester. Yeah, this won't be one or one, I think. No. There's goals in this one. It's a Leeds win, isn't it? For me. I mean, I think we're getting to the point now where I'm happy to hang my hat on Leeds and start predicting boldly. Uh, I think they win 2 0. Really? Yeah, I do. I think I don't think Leicester have got enough at the moment. I don't think they're showing enough in attacking terms. Um I mean obviously Vardy's always going to be a threat. But I think Leeds Leads their intensity will be enough to win this game. And I, I mean, Bamford could come good again as well. Leicester obviously sound at the back, but I think Leeds will find a way through. Mm. Uh, so I'm going a home win and a clean sheet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to back more goals in it. I think Leeds, really? Leeds probably do have a stronger chance, but I'm looking at these, these fixtures and thinking what, what games do I think are the goals in. I think this one, I could think it could be like a 3 2. What? Yeah. Leicester, a Leicester game 3 2. I'm going to back this one. Le Leeds 3 2. There you go. Okay, well, let's look at our teams. Let's talk about your transfers then. Um, so you're playing Ailing, even though you're going to think they're going to concede a couple of goals. Yeah, well, it's him or Lamptey. <laughs> you're right, so you don't back Lamptey at Spurs. So go for your team then, for those listening to the podcast version. Okay. Just get that this myself. is what it is now, anyway. Yeah, so this is what it is now. So I've got Martinez in goal, Alexander-Arnold, Semedo, Ailing, Salah captain, Son, Pulisic, Grealish, Werner, Calvert-Lewin and Mopay. And then my bench of Lamptey, Suchek and Mitchell. Now, at the moment, my most likely transfers are Alexander-Arnold out, which is pretty ballsy, uh, and Werner out. And I'll be bringing You're selling in... Trent in the West Ham game. Yeah, I'll be bringing in Chilwell and Kane. So that yeah. that is what I'm I'm looking at doing. Uh, Tom Freeman posted an article on Fantasy Scout today, uh, which mentioned Chilwell. Uh, and it was, you know, since his first start, no defenders had more has created more chances, had more touches, um, had a better expected assist potential. Uh, he took all the corners tonight, 
despite ZH being on the pitch, I'm reliably informed by the YouTube comments. Um, and just in general, I've been really impressed with him. I'm much more impressed than I thought I would be. I thought when mm. they signed him, I thought, is he really gonna gonna live up to his price tag and deliver? I've got some friends who support Leicester and they were saying they were really happy to kind of see him go. Um, but it looks like what he's bringing to the team is a lot of energy, a lot of positivity. If you're following on Instagram, you see all that. And uh, just in general, he he looks like a really a really good signing for them. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, if I'm looking at Alexander Arnold versus Chilwell, you know, sort of side by side, I'm still probably backing Trent to to deliver because we know what he's capable of doing. But you're looking at, you know, what 1.5, it was 2 million at the start of the season difference between them. It's like 1.6, 1.5 now. And I'm thinking that's that is quite a lot of money, and I can and I can I can use that money to to upgrade Werner, who I'm just not confident with, to Kane, and then it you know in a few game weeks time I can use that money to get in Fernandez, who I want, and if I want to get in Fernandez, I'm going to have to downgrade someone um, anyway. And given the defensive problems that Liverpool have got, I just can't see Trent living up to that seven point five tag and getting close to two hundred points. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, let's let's go back to the. Uh the ticker again and just look at Chelsea's fixtures. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue because you've got, you know, Burnley away, Sheffield United at home, Newcastle away. Those three games could easily be both attacking and defensive returns for mm. Chelsea. Um, then it's Tottenham and Leeds, so it gets tougher, but they're both at home. And, you know, with Chilwell, you're getting attacking potential, which is exactly what we wanted from Alexander-Arnold, from Robertson, from Dina, right? So he's, you know, I, I don't, I back you fully to to look at Chilwell and the data that, that Tom unearthed is is really convincing as well. Um, it's just whether or not you're happy holding three Chelsea players. But through that fixture, Bell, I guess you are. Well, I'd be losing Werner, so I'd only have two. Right. Okay. And and and, and I, I do I do think you know, attacking wise, Pulisic is is the one to go for because I think if 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 what we've seen so far holds true and it is going to Pulisic when Werner does come left, if he comes left, Pulisic has to move more central. Because yeah. they can't fill the same position. So if you've got a, a midfielder moving into a more central striking position, who has the ability that Pulisic has playing for Chelsea, with the the service that he's going to get from Ziyech and Havertz and Chilwell, uh, I, I think he you know he's becoming more and more of a, a strong option. And I think well, there's a whole coming. Expected, from... wouldn't it? We said yeah. we both fancy Pulisic. I mean, I I I I, I want to see that happening. I want to see mm. over a series of game Pulisic getting into the box and it'll be Werner pulling out wide. Do you think that'll be the case then? you think naturally that's what's going to happen? I think so. I mean, we haven't seen evidence that's, that's not going to happen. Werner, mm. Werner likes to do that. Mm. And Pulisic is, is capable of, of taking up those central spots and creating things and, and making things happen and, and getting through. So it might be something, you know, it, it's either going to be Lampard saying to Werner, I want you to stay more centrally and I don't want you doing that. And, you know, if Werner goes off at 70, 80 minutes and Abraham and Giroud comes on, then obviously Pulisic is, is, is going to stay out on the left. But while Pulisic and Werner are in the same team, I really want to see how that dynamic kind of uh, moves with them. But I'm much happier having the cheaper midfielder who could potentially be playing in that central position rather than 9.5 striker yeah, who could absolutely. be could be playing on the wing. I mean, I look yeah. at that team and go, how are you only 2.6 million? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not fun. Um because yeah, I mean, there's not not an apparent weakness there, really. No. Um, you know, your defence, your spending defence is about right. You've got the best keeper in the game at the moment, arguably. You've got Salah and Son covered. If you get Kane in, that's your forward line with Calvert Lewin. You've got a good team, Maz, right? So you, know, you should you, be Mark. feeling good about it. Thank I mean, you, it Mark. pains me to say it, um, but you have. Um, it's been, I mean, I, the the, pro the problems are is that when when our players don't deliver. 
you get punished by the players of the Bamfords and the and the Fernandezes and the you know all the there's so many options this season that you know I could have I could change that entire first eleven and you could still look at it and say that's a good team yeah because it's 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 the craziest season in terms of the amount of options I've I've ever seen in all my years of playing mm. but it makes it enjoyable I mean I'm, it does I'm, perhaps yeah. that's why I'm not you know down on it because actually even though I'm not doing well and neither of us are it actually it's testing us right in a good way yeah um let's look at my team i mean you know i don't you know i'm not looking at yours i'm actually preferring yours i mean i've got problems at the well, back i've played the wild card though so you, you yeah you have it. you have yeah <laughs> i mean i've i've got that up my sleeve but you know it, the trouble is with the wild card not playing it early it always plays on my mind about mm. when i should play it and in my head i'm thinking i'm going to leave it till 16 but I don't know if I'm going to have the opportunity to do that because I'm just chasing my tail, which is one of the reasons why you didn't want to do it, why you played it, because you're always mm. feeling like you're yeah, yeah. one or two transfers behind. And that's exactly how I feel. I'm, having said that, I'm probably not going to make any changes. I'm going to go in with McCarthy at Villa, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson for the attacking potential, I guess, at home to West Ham. Alien at home to Leicester. Uh, James away at Burnley. I think he plays. I think there's a good chance he plays now. He didn't turn up for the Champions League game. Suchek and Grealish. Suchek, I'm playing just for the threat. I can't believe you're playing Suchek with Suchek double Liverpool defence. The thing is, and... I've swapped them in and out. I've swapped them in and out. Would you play Podence instead of Suchek? 100%. Would you? If I had two Liverpool defenders, yeah, definitely. But the thing is, Liverpool got no centre-backs other than Gomez at the moment, it looks like. And Suchek at set plays is going to cause... But I just, I can just see it. Like I bent Suchek and I play Podence. Podence will get his hour. He'll get hooked off. And Suchek will get one off his elbow, and and it's points. But surely you sell. Surely you sell a. If you, if you're not back in the clean sheet in that, surely you sell one of Alexander Arnold Robertson. But I don't want. And then, to make and then the you transfer. play. And then you play Pedens. You get a four point. I could, if, I could do that, but I take some money think, out, play Pedens, or you get in Chilwell. Yeah, but what I want to do is bank the transfer and take two over into the next week, with a bit more data, because this season I think a bit more information is quite precious. Um, and then one of those two will go. Probably Alexander Arnold will go, unless he does something spectacular against West Ham. And I'm looking at Alexander Arnold out and possibly Podence to Zaha. Um, not sure what defender I get. But I mean, I, I'm happy taking that team into game week seven. Um, and I want, I don't, I definitely want to have two transfers for eight to give myself a bit more time to suss out what I'm going to do. Um, and then you know, see a bit more how Zaha does and. Um, or whether I need Bamford to replace Brewster, for example. That's the other mm. move I could look at. But it just feels like I'm chasing points with those two. But look at the data we've seen tonight and you think that they do stand out and the fixtures are good for, for I Zaha. can't believe you're playing Suchek. I mean, he's, he's, if ever a player is going to score, it's going to be Suchek this week because I've said that. But looking at that team, that really that really surprises me. But you you think they're going to score at Anfield, right? If they're going to score and Antonio's not playing, who scores it? Bowen, maybe? Bowen, Ben Rama, one of the wing-backs. <laughs> I mean, maybe Suchet. But... <laughs> the thing is, I keep waiting for this goal to arrive and, and the data says it, it's, it should come. Um, I don't know where he is on the imminent goal's imminent table. I imagine he's pretty high. Um, and I... You know, when I looked ahead at the fixtures, I thought, well, I've probably got to play him against Liverpool because at set plays, I thought Adrian was being, would be in goal and that they would be vulnerable. But now Fabinho is possibly out. Mm. And if Matip isn't fit, I and mean, if Matip's fit, I might 
swap on back. He's um, going to do a Grealish, isn't he? 24 points, bit of Liverpool. No, he's not really <laughs> But he, he might get a goal. Um, elsewhere, I was Suchek, Grealish, Salah, Son in midfield, um, Kane and Calvert-Lewin up front. Very template. It um, is. It's, it's very depre- dull. Depressing, isn't it? Depressing. Mm. I mean, I'm kind of just hanging in there and waiting for the opportunity to make a difference. But then when I say make a difference, I'm talking about either bringing in Bamford or Zaha who aren't different at all. No. So this is I why know. I need to think about it. I mean, West Ham have got Fulham in game week eight. So the other move I could do is Creswell in and Bowen in for Podence to give me free West Ham players. But do I want to do that? I know it's Fulham, yeah. but that's overkill, isn't it? But but it's, it's like you say, I mean, I think I think you do have to kind of pick your timings to, to be different. Yeah. I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, I, I tweeted earlier about, um, you know, bringing in Chilwell and Kane. And someone kind of tweeted and said, oh, why would you get Kane? He's 40% owned. He's not going to help mm. you climb up the ranks. And it's like, well, I know. But ignoring ownership, I'm looking at the next two fixtures, Brighton and West Brom. If I'm looking at all the players in the game that I'd want to own over those two fixtures, bearing in mind United have got Arsenal, Everton, City have got Sheffield United and Liverpool. Like, it's a clear, it's clearly, it's clearly Kane. As much as I don't think he's going to be, you know, as, as amazing everyone thinks he's going to be for the rest of the season. I still think those two games are, are pretty great for him. Particularly so, the West Brom game. Um, yeah. I mean, we, let's look at the, the captain matrix here. Um, we've been running this week to week uh, and we look at game week eight, Kane and Son at West Brom away. The other alternative we looked at for this game week was Antonio versus Fulham. But that might not be possible now. So other than if you're not going Spurs and Antonio is not available, yeah. you're looking at De Bruyne at home to Liverpool or Salah away at Man City, which very, very difficult to bat them with any confidence because you just know what you're going to get from that game. And you're not going to have Fernandes at Everton either, are you? Because I know he scored there last year, but you know no. what are we going to get? So game week eight is a big problem if you don't have Spurs and you don't have Kane. Mm. And, and at the moment... So, yeah, what do you think about Son or Kane for captain? I was just—I was just going to say, mm. you, you, you say Kane there as captain. I'd be backing Son. Would you? In all the games, I mean, you've only got to look at—you've only got to look at, at, at Kane and, and what, he, what he is happy doing. I mean, Son is always going to be the person running off him. Kane can be the player who is having the most touches, the most shots, all these stats, the thingy. But then he can also regress back to being the creator. And I think Son is just going to keep delivering. Like all season, but what about the penalties? As this is the year, yeah, the the, the the penalties, the penalties is big because you could have Kane who does nothing for eighty nine minutes, gets a penalty mm. in the last minute, and then gets max bonus. And yeah, plus Son is always going off around 75, 80 minutes, whereas Kane's mm. there to the end. Yeah, well. that's true, that's true. But if if I'm looking, if I'm looking at a player who I think is, you know, over the next two games in the Brighton West Brom game, out of the two, who who do I think has the bigger ceiling, as we like to call it? I think Son's is bigger. So I, I would back Son, actually. You'd go Kane. I think so. But again, it's all about... It's, it's what I said about every week we're learning a bit more um, and we're, we're learning to trust teams a bit more like Leeds, for example, and we're learning a bit more about teams like Wolves and Leicester and what their potential is. And I think... I still think the picture for me is not... It, it's not there, you know. The full picture's not there yet. Mm. Enough for me to actually commit. And... And obviously, when I ran my team through that that tool and it showed me that if I had made no transfers, I'd be seven points better off. I've got to think that I'm making mistakes, right? So mm. I'm thinking maybe bank the transfers, get more data and be better informed in game week eight. Um, and so, you know, Son or Kane, I'll learn a bit more this week, won't I? Mm. About that? Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, two, they're two very different games. I think General Zod just said it in the chat. He says Son for Brighton, Kane for West Brom. 
Yeah. And I can see the logic of that because you know Spurs are going to have more space against against Brighton, which which suits someone like Son who can who can run on, and then West Brom expecting a more a tighter, more compact game, and it, you know Kane could benefit from that from a from a set piece or you know from some dodgy Ivanovic tackle and in the sixtieth mm. minute uh, he gets a penalty. So yeah, maybe maybe there is um, maybe that is it. Maybe you pick and choose your captain based on the fixtures. But this game we we got Salah uh, West Ham and Kane and Son against Brighton. Um, those three stand out really. You wouldn't really mm. consider Werner at, at Burnley and Sterling and De Bruyne at Sheffield United. They're, they're there, but I don't see many captains who's been on. So it's it's a it's a free horse race, isn't it, um, for the captaincy? Yeah. And you you'd have to put Mane in there as well. So actually, yeah. before we go off this, though, I would just want to look forward to game week eleven, and this is why City assets are going to be wanted in in a few game weeks to come. Because you look at game week eleven. Yes, you've got Kane at home to Arsenal and Son at home to Arsenal. But actually, De Bruyne and Sterling at home to Fulham looks like could be a lot of damage there yeah. if you don't own them. So you're right in looking at game week nine and thinking, right, I've got to start making plans for those guys then. Um, let's look at the captain data then around Mane, Salah, Kane and Son. And there's there's so little in it. Um, I mean, Mane, in terms of minutes per XGI and on penalties, top there, um, 89.4. Then it's Kane, 109.9 and... Salah, 129.2, and then Son last, 130.8. There's not a lot in it for that. Uh, minutes per shot in the box. Um, Salah's out in front on 24.5, ahead of Kane on 28.1. Minutes per shot. Salah, 18.6, Kane, 18.4. It's so close, isn't it? Mm. So there's yeah. not a lot. Yeah, and it's like kind of every week. It, it, at the start of the season, we were, you know, Salah over Mane every day of the week. Um, even so much as last week, you know, Joe was talking about getting in Salah Man, and I was like, well, realistically, you've got to give a Salah the penalties and, and the threat. Mm. But every week it kind of gets closer and closer, and there's more of a case to be made for, for Mane. Um, I still prefer Salah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it is, it, it would, you know, I see th- there's a few people with, with the double up, mm. um, which obviously is risky because if Liverpool don't perform, then you've got two of the most expensive players in the game. You know the of the, the blanks, but I think it is it is quite a nice kind of way to differentiate your team if you can if you can work it in, and especially when um, Spurs' fixtures change, uh, you know it might be that you use that K money to to fund that. And plus, when they've got no defence, like I said, Klopp's got yeah. to go into most games and think we can't get away with just getting one or two. We're needing three goals to win a game for sure, possibly. So. They're not going to take the. They're not going to put the handbrake on, are they? In any game, not that they did anyway, but even more so now. Um, looking at the Yash, opponent, Yashilari in the chat, Mark. Just quickly, mm. these guys are two million. Why are you even watching this? Why are you watching this, Yash? That's the question. I mean, it's funny. There was a debate about <laughs> rank, wasn't there, on Twitter today, and how much mm. it matters. And it, and you know, it, it's a competition, like you said. And also, you know, I, I watched them. Um, I watched the uh, the uh, FBL wire to get Mr. Freeman on there, and and because of if if his ranks over previous seasons, you mm. want to listen to people like that because they've got they might have some some methods and some way of thinking that you want to learn from. So absolutely, rank matters to some extent. But mm. you know, I think you are more than your rank in the FBL community. I'd like to think that we are. We're we're doing this show, and and people like Joe and Late Riser definitely are as well. We've we've got our own place in the community now that goes beyond your rank. So I'm not going to take any notice of someone having to go at our ranks, really. really. 
That's good. Um, I might do in game at 37, though, if I'm still... Yeah, come back, come back to us where it we're does, at. It does matter. It does matter to me, but I'm not going to get hung up about yeah. it, and, and nor are you as. Um, let's look at the West Ham-Brighton data. And it's, again, little, isn't it? Minutes per XG conceded. West Ham 89.2, strong defence this year. Um, but Brighton better that, 95.7. And it's just really close between the two. Minutes per big chance conceded. West Ham have conceded a big chance every 71 minutes. Brighton 64, so they're better. Mm. Um, um, so it's, um, yeah, West Ham uh, slightly better in terms of big chances conceded. Um, but is it, is it more about the team, the attacking data? Because you look at Liverpool versus Spurs attacking data. Minutes per XG, 39.6 for Liverpool. 47.8 for Spurs. And do we think off the back of that showing at Burnley, that makes us lean towards Liverpool and Salah and Mane more? It's, it's, it's really close. I think I, I, I can see I can, I can see both West Ham and Brighton putting up a fight. You know, I, I know I said, you know, Brighton are going to lose that game 3-1. And I think my prediction of them falling apart is, is probably quite accurate. But they, they do have the potential to, to, you know, give Spurs a go. I mean, you look at United... You know, when when we played United, we um we gave them a really good game. We weren't afraid to attack, but also we did defend well. And in the end, we got undone because of some set piece goals and, and the last minute penalty. So, you know, it, it might be that it is it's not a complete walkover. But I don't think the West Ham match is either because of, of the form West Ham have shown. So, mm. I I wouldn't be surprised if if not to see huge scores from any of Son, Kane, Salah, Mane, or any of the lot of them. Um, it's, it's it's a tough one. I don't think I don't think there's much in it. Which and like I said earlier, I think when there's not much in it, and you're looking at either Salah, Salah, Kane, or Son, I think you back Salah just because of I just think he's got the most superior threat. Yeah, and again, it's the fact that I think Liverpool know they need to get a winning margin, um, a bigger winning margin than Spurs. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going Salah as well, and Sivert is going Salah as well. Interesting. So no change there, and you know. And I said Tom Freeman. I listened to him on FBRY, and he said the same. You know, he's sticking with he's stuck with Salah all season, and he's doing really well with it. So, you know, it's tempting to to not actually have this debate about captain season, just leave it on him at the moment. And I think with Liverpool getting that with with very little defence, mm. it maybe even strengthens that tactic. Um, but Son is is edging his way towards being a captaincy candidate in his own right, above mm. Kane and perhaps even above Salah. Um, but we'll see. We need a few more weeks. Well, I've, I've captained Son once this season, and he he delivered. Mm. You know, that was against West Ham. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was great to get some points from him in that game. Um, and obviously, if you captained him this week as well, over Salah and Kane and anyone else, you were laughing because he outscored them all. Yeah, and it's and it, it's going to be the differential again this week. You don't have to have differentials in your team if you're willing to take that risk for the captaincy. Mm. And yeah. going off, going looking beyond Salah is going to be, you know, not it's going to be a differential doing that because he's yeah. going to be the most popular captain again I would have thought um, so you're going to have Kane you're going to cover that effective ownership you're going to go into that game with with chill at the back Kane up front I think I think so I mean it's it's you know selling Trent isn't isn't fun because I love watching Trent play mm. and you know he, he, some of the free kicks he's had over the last few weeks have, have been some great saves uh, so I'm not saying that he's he's suddenly you know not going to be a good option but I mean he's 7.5 million he's he's expensive he needs to be he needs to be delivering kind of more consistent points for for that price uh, which he's not also it's it's a bit different to last season because last season you've got so much value tied up in him whereas this season he's dropped in price so if I do sell him and he delivers this week he's then got some rough fixtures if I do want to get him back the chances are it's not going to be 
he's not going to be in the eight million defender mark. He's going to no. be, you know, a little bit more than seven point five, and no, I'd I mean, probably be happy to play that if they look more solid. He's going to have to explode for a few times before he goes up in price again, exactly because defenders tend not to. And he's got City coming up right in game week yeah. eight, and that, which is why I want to take two transfers into that game week because I know that. You know, I might have to get rid of both Liverpool defenders, maybe. I don't know. Um, I think I want to hold one, though. Um, and it's likely to be Trent going. It really pains mm. me to get rid of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, it does, I it really does me as well. Yeah, yeah it, it pains me as well. I just, it's, it's the fact that Chilwell's there. And Chilwell, is, mm. Chilwell doesn't really feel like a, a big punt just because of the numbers he's producing, the fixtures they've got, mm. um, the form he's in. You know, if I was moving him down to someone like Semedo or Dean or... Um, you know what I mean? It would feel like I'm kind of trying to talk myself into it. It would feel like a downgrade. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Where mm. Chill doesn't feel so much like a downgrade. It feels like I'm saving money, spending the money quite wisely and getting someone who, who has just as much chance of doing well based on what I've seen and what, what he's got going forward. So, yeah, it's just it's just, it's just just one of those ones where when you sell a player like Trent, it always comes with an inherent risk that he's going to bang in a... A 20-pointer. Yeah, and it, you know, we'll see. Maybe maybe Trent, he's got one chance for me against West Ham. He'll do enough to convince me that when I have those two transfers in game week eight, he'll survive. But I don't see it right. It only relies now on you um, doing the old um, smash and likes before we go. Smash and likes. Have... Yep. So if you haven't joined the Black Box League, please oh, do yeah, so. Do that. There is a link in the description. Um and yeah, we we haven't really talked about it that much, but we want to get into the top five leagues on the site and, and knock Andy off his perch. So bear that in mind. Uh, there's 978 people watching. We've only got 154 likes. So if everyone outrageous, watching, what's going on? I know if everyone could like the video, it'd be much it's appreciated. Of our ranks, that's what it is. I know. Uh, if you are watching the video as well, please make sure you subscribe. I think the subscribing thing, I know we get gone about it, is probably the biggest thing for growing the channel because the more subscribers we have the more we show up on the list when people search and then the more people watch and then the more it grows and then the more content we can do. So subscribing really is the biggest thing that you can do to help support us um, and the likes also do help. So smash those buttons. Yeah, I don't mind that kind of plug on there. I know it's a bit like, a bit, bit off topic, but at least we're not advertising manscaping or stuff like that. Oh, and incidentally, I bought an amazing shaver the other oh, day. Oh, no, sure. I don't <laughs> want to know about that. Your private areas. Um, no, okay. you definitely don't. It's a good night for me. God, what a lend- what a lending bug. <laughs> good night for me, everyone, with that image in mind. Podcast Network.